Hey there, everybody! Welcome back to the ABCs of RPGs, where we teach you the basics of tabletop role-playing games. My name is Spencer Reese, I'm the Game Master for the evening, and I'm joined by my players, Dalton. Hi, everybody. My name is Dalton. Um, today, I have he, him pronouns. That's normal. I was gonna, I got mixed up. Um, that's all, that won't be the case. Uh, and I'm playing a character named Kish Lark, codename Backfire, who also has he, him pronouns. Uh, he, he likes tinkering with his robots, and he likes making sure that his robot is the best that it can be, and he's gonna make sure everybody knows that his robot is the best. Um, Justin, do you wanna introduce yourself next? Yeah. I am Rico Manitoba. Uh, oh, well, yeah, that, I'm Justin, he, him pronouns, playing Rico Manitoba, he, him yeah. pronouns. Uh, Rico is a pilot and a good one. And he's a nice guy. <laughs> Even though his call sign is El Diablo. Even though his call sign is El Diablo. Boy, he chose El Diablo because it's badass. <laughs> and he, 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 and he's a uh, mechanical engineer. Yeah. All right, Chris, you want to introduce yourself next? Oh. Sure. Uh, yeah. No, sorry, yeah, finishing food and also laughing at Justin. Um, <clears throat> Chris here playing uh, Kay Breckin, uh, codename Hellstorm, both he and pronouns. Uh, I'm just I'm here to blow shit up. That'd be a good time. Yeah. I'll do it, yeah. Perfect, Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I am playing a character named Spike Ivanovich, uh, call sign Python, who also uses she, her pronouns. Um, her big thing is she uh, swears that she met an ancient, or well, not necessarily ancient, um, but a group of Arctic space penguins. It's a sentient alien race and nobody believes her. Um, so yeah, she's excited. Um, she doesn't have that research job anymore because she thinks Arctic space penguins roam the cosmos. Um, but she is convinced that she can change people's minds about that. Um, and lastly, uh, Michael. Uh, hey everybody, I'm Mike Nye. Uh, I'm going to be playing Mumtaz Kakmak, AKA the Mothman uh, in this campaign. Both of us use he, him pronouns. Um, I like being fire support and I just want to see everyone get home at the end of the day. So that's why I'm here. Aw, that's so sweet. Well, perfect. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, like everybody was saying, uh, they are playing pilots in the game, the tabletop RPG Lancer, a mech tactical mech RPG that you may already be familiar with, but uh, it's kind of boiled down into this like tactical Fire Emblem Fourth Edition kind of D and D style, kind of like in the main combat, and then outside of that, more of like a light narrative role playing experience, which is really fun. Uh, we're before we get to like back into what we're doing, there's a few things we want to cover. Uh, the first, I always like to ask this because I like to ask get to know your questions about your characters. Um, that is something that I do as a game master 
and I think it's great to kind of get everybody into character. And the question I'm going to ask everybody today is, is there anything holding your pilot back from living their ideal life? I can go first and the answer is no. I have a cool giant robot that I'm blowing shit up with. I don't understand the question about how anything could about this could not be perfect. Yeah, Rico seconds. It's a good life you two are living. Yeah. This, nah, just play. This, this is exactly, exactly how I wanted things to go. It mm -hmm. include just to be clear, you wanted the the murdering other people part to be included in this? Yeah. Or just just the robot? Is the yeah. like where does I try not to think too hard about that. The 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 cold machine exterior of the robots allows me to abstract away the humanity locked inside of them. Who knows if there's even a pilot in the other mech? It yeah. could be empty. Okay. I just wanted I just wanted to be clear. Schrodinger's mech pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Rico is fine with it. Uh, Spike's answer to to that question is the government, um, because the government is covering up the ancient space penguin race. Uh, and if everyone would just believe her, you know, maybe she could introduce the world to this super cool group of, of, of humanoids or avianoids. Avianoids. I'm not sure what the right word for a bird person is. That but sounds right. You, yeah, when you when you see them next, you can ask them how they want to be bird <laughs> Maybe they just want to be called bird person. <laughs> they might. They might. Rico, Rico believes you. Rico has told you he believes you. Just so you know. Does Rico actually believe me, though? Rico doesn't know. You know, you said you saw space penguins. I don't know. Maybe you saw space penguins. I don't know if there's not space penguins out there. So why are you saw space penguins? I believe you. Rico just wants you to be happy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, who's it, who's it hurting to say that you, uh, you know, like okay, oh, penguins. Huh. I I believe you. <laughs> Avian American, yes, that's 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 what the Lion of Comer wants wants them to be referred to as. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, all right, nine, Chris. What what about your pilots? Mumtaz would like to, you know, have a ranch, have just grow some crops, have a nice yard for his dog, you know, just live off live off the land type stuff. Uh, but he knows there's problems in the world, and he doesn't think anyone else is uh, as qualified as he is to to deal with it because everyone else sucks. So uh, here he is trying to fix everyone's problems because they can't. <laughs> and I think uh, Kay is on loan from the penal colony he was on, so, you know, life could be much worse. Might as well have fun stomping around a giant neck and blowing stuff up in some semblance of freedom yeah <laughs> sounds like most people most of your pilots are are all very happy of what they're doing now i know i love that we're it's just actually great. living our best lives yeah i, mean, I feel like it's an elite, elite enough thing you don't get there by accident you know like stumble into a mech and go like oh cool like i'm piloting a mech now 
Tell that to like Amuro Ray in the first episode of Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> There's no reason he should have known how to pilot a mech. I don't, I'm not, I don't he, buy it. He clearly was working on machines before he stumbled into that thing. Therefore, he knows how that stuff works. Clearly, you don't know anything about new types, Chris. Like, walk, even though they have limbs, like, you can, you can, you know have like the basic tools and so on know how to use them. Yeah, yeah. line of Khmer too. Gurren Lagan, Simon, he just knew how to do it. Yeah. Fighting spirit, Chris. I don't like Simon and Kamen's characters. Mostly Kamen, Simon's okay, but like... Fighting. They're both great Grand spirits. Yeah, he just part of the cards his way through an entire like anime series. Just and like that's throwing down to him. Just like, uh, there's a lot of things wrong with that, but that's fine. Literally nothing wrong at all. It's a perfect property. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we uh, let's let's. There's one rules clarification I wanted to go over, just because our our whole point of this channel is not only to play unique and fun tabletop role playing games, but to teach people how to do it. Um, saves, saves. Well, we're familiar with it with stuff like D and D and stuff like that. When you have to make different kind of stat saves, Lancer. I think uh, a few of us were having a little bit of trouble kind of understanding like where do you get the numbers when saves we we found a lot of abilities that will say like hey make a hull save make a this kind of save an agility save something like that but a lot of the target numbers is unknown and i know we were kind of deferring to like oh let's just set it 10 let's just have it be 10 and kind of go from there and that's kind of right but i just wanted to clarify kind of how saves uh that save kind of target number is generated um on page 13, it kind of talks about saves a little bit, but I did a little bit more research and, and went on to the Lancer RPG subreddit. And turns out 10 is the starter number. Um, we So the good news is we haven't really done anything with grit yet. Grit is gonna come to your pilots as you start to level up more. Grit adds additional bonuses um, to saves like what the save target and uh, an npc will have to beat for you when you start leveling up and such like that so you can think of how you get your save numbers all of you when you impose like a a a, build, a, 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 a hull check against a npc they will have to beat your save which is default to actually your pipe your mech so if we all take a look at the everest mech um, which is, I have the page here in a second. Um, it is page uh, 123. The Everest starts its saves, save target at 10. And different mechs can have, have different save target starts, but the Everest does start at 10. And then you would add your grit to it. But everybody's grit is zero because your license level zero. So you don't add anything to that yet. We'll cover more of that when you guys actually level up. but. When it comes to NPCs, um, there's different tier levels. Now, like it's like from zero level to third level, it's just tier one enemies that you guys kind of face. Um, but the saves do differ for different NPCs. Like, uh, for example, the assault mechs that you've been fighting, their save target is a 10. Uh, whereas the, let's see, I think the, re no, what was the Bastion? Had a different one. Yeah, the de the Bastion, the one with the three armor attached to it last week, that one has a save target of eight. So if they imposed a save on you guys, it would be easier to beat the Bastions because it's only an eight compared to the um, Assault, which is a 10 at tier level one. 
So that's kind of how saves work. And I, I hope that makes sense with how that's kind of generated in the future. So, but, um, but yeah, I just wanted to cover that because I know it's, uh, I felt like uh, the rules, it kind of, it, it, it went over it pretty quickly, but I found that as long as you take a look at your, your, your mech, or if you look at CompCon, it, it kind of populates that stuff for you. So that makes it really nice and easy to just kind of get that from there. But um, uh, next up, we have a few things to do before we start off, but I would like to see, would anybody like to catch us up on what happened in session one of our Lancer campaign, Solstice Reign? Well, we were on this uh, cool ship and we were waiting because our, like there was like an ambassador on this planet who is, uh, we're, we're trying to get the planet to rejoin government because they like split off. Um, and basically our ambassador and our, our captain were down on the planet um, and we lost contact. So we went to go and help them, but we got shot down um, and oh, I'm so bad at remembering people's call signs. Nai, what's your call sign? The Mothman. The Mothman. Mumtaz, Pac-Man. Um, Mothman, you know, radioed in and was like, hey, do we have permission to open fire on these enemies that are surrounding us quickly and that we think shot us down? And they were like, yeah. Yeah, you got shot down. So yeah, that you're cool. Um, so now we are in combat and we have, if you, I don't know if we have the map pulled up right now. I guess we don't on this screen. Um, but there is a deployment objective zone that we are trying to defend. And our goal is to have at least no more than three enemies within that zone by the end of six rounds. Um, we finished three rounds. It's been going pretty well so far. Um, I used my super cool activate core system ability, which was fun. So Just we get to it. find out everybody's stats because I scanned everyone and made everyone take heat. Um, any other feedback? I feel like I wasn't very good at like the names of things, but you, I mean, you nailed what happened. Yeah. The yep. NPCs are the Captain Bridget Ferris. Uh, she was down on planet with the Union Ambassador Nilan Banerjee. Uh, and Good name. Yeah. Uh, First Lieutenant Alex Kim is the current uh, commanding officer who sent you down there. You also have Rio, which uh, uh, Mothman has been communicating with. She's the one who's been talking with him. She is a non-human person, which is too complicated to uh, to accurately describe. Uh, so I'll poorly describe as an AI. <laughs> um, and yeah, those are the main kind of people you've interacted with so far. But other than that, yeah, you got it. Did you kind of go over how the like first rounds of combat went down, Ashley? I was busy reading something. Not, not in super detail. Um, do you want to elaborate on it? I guess, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess as, as, as we crash down. Um, Before you do, it might be advantageous to put the map on the screen. <laughs> uh, so people, we, you, you can like. If you want to run the stream, you can do that, Nye. Okay. Well, I, re I rescind my suggestion. Switch change out. Where's people, real quick. Yeah. 
Um, so I did get a fancy new computer, so <laughs> I did. I could I could run it now, which is cool. Um, so we dropped in. You can kind of see the wreckage of our plane and the statue we hit and where we all landed. Um, after we crashed down, there were a couple groups of bad guys. Um, there was a defender and two little guys over over here, and um, uh, like a quad mech and some supporty guys down here. Um, we managed to we identified that the big bulky defender guy with the shield was the big threat and tried to take him down first. Um, as we were doing that, more dudes came in. I think our biggest annoying thing is another dude with some swords and a uh, flamethrower yes. guy popped in mm -hmm. from the north on their way down. Closing in. Closing in on us, but um, yeah, hopefully uh, Python's big scan ability tells us some some more info and not too many more guys come bearing down on us until un, until um our our friendly nhp can get us some help yeah <laughs> uh did, so did you explain our objective to not die out? yes okay. basically this is a holdout sit rep which lancer there are kind of these like pre-made kind of objectives they can look very different and be set up with different enemies but they're kind of these kind of like general think of it like when you play halo and you do you set up a game for capture the flag or oddball or just slayer those are kind of the different kind of objectives that you're gonna do this one specifically being called holdout so it's set to six rounds because at the end of the sixth round it tallies how many enemies are in the player deployment zone and they start off with four points and for each enemy in the zone it counts down and if they have less than if they have one point or less then they lose and they ha they have to retreat that's kind of like the the goal uh, if if they last the six rounds they're able to hold off and hold off the enemies in time and such so um it's cool it's it's not always just kill everything on the board it's sometimes with objectives so um and i want to discuss every everybody that got scanned uh but before i do uh, i do uh, dalton you took some uh structure damage backfire got structure damage on his mech last session right i did yeah i'm trying to remember exactly how that how that happened i think it was the was it i think it was this guy um fired a gun at me and yeah um that combined with the big shield guy laying into me for a while uh, mm -hmm. blew past some of blew past one of my um hp bars and so i had to take some structure damage um yeah basically how how that works in game once your hp hits zero you have to roll on the structure table um so you're going to take a number of d6 equal to like the number of structure you've lost um, the first time being one d6 and based off of uh the result on the lowest of the d6 right spencer um yeah. you kind of reference the table see what happens uh for mm -hmm. me i just took a glancing blow so my mech became impaired, um, which adds a difficulty to attack saves and skill checks on my next turn. Um, there are more serious things that can happen as a result yeah. of um, structure checks all the way up to your mech just like exploding on you. Uh, well, I don't know if it explodes. It, it definitely That's shuts down. Heating. Yeah. Yes. And stress <laughs> checks. That would be an. That could probably maybe be an explosion. Um, yeah. But. 
in this case, I'm good. I'm good. That's totally, totally normal thing to happen is to take like one structure damage. Who cares? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All player characters, all player mechs have like four structure just starting off to begin with. So they can flow through their HP four different times. Uh, well, I mean, there's always a chance for it to be destroyed before then, but for the most part, you can do that. Most NPCs only have one structure. So um, unless they're classified with a different kind of template, uh, that you guys would be aware of once you get past the NPCs how far they're out So it's kind of nice that like when your HP goes to zero something bad could happen or it could just be a glancing blow Which is cool. So But uh, yeah, let's go ahead and start talking about all these different uh, mechs are on the board because uh, Ashley's core core power the CP had this resounding effect. It was like this wave that kind of uh, went out, did a bunch of heat to like everybody on the field. But on top of that, got free scans and everybody. And scan is a really cool ability. Now, the, the type of mech in the template, which could be a bunch of different things, like whether or not they're like an ultra or something like that, is always known to the pilots. But specific information about their weapons or features or such like that is not revealed right away until you're, until the enemy mech is scanned. And since Ashley did that, I'll just go ahead and go through real quick all the different types of mechs on the field and kind of like what they're able to do. So first, let's start kind of in the top left up here, this pyro enemy. Um, he is a new one on the field. We did not fight and nobody's fought him yet on the field, I don't believe. Uh, but you saw maybe him take kind of like a, a few different things. He um, has three armor on him first off. So same armor as the Bastion. He has three armor. He only has 10 HP. Um, his heat cap is 12, so it's higher than the average. Most of these other guys are only going to have like eight for their heat cap, but he has 12 and you'll kind of see with his abilities why that is. Um, he's a bit slower for speed. He only has two for speed. His save, if he imposes the save on you, is 10. Evade is 8, and E defense is 8. And his sensor range is 8 as well. So, um, his ability. Take that one out. Yeah. His flamethrower is his attack. It's a cone of five that does three burn damage, and it has plus one attack bonus. It's a heavy CQB. Uh, weapon, but it doesn't have any threat. It just it does a cone of fire out um, and it deals double burn damage to characters that already have burn. However, it also generates four heat to himself. So um, there's a little bit of drawback with that. He is immune to burn. That's a class trait that he has. He has something called an explosive jet. This is an optional system that he has attached to him, which in a burst of two, uh, if anybody's around, enemies around have to succeed on a hold check or be knocked outside of the area and knocked prone, he then flies in, a, in five spaces in any direction, but must land after completing that move. So that is a recharge ability he has. Uh, five plus recharge ability, but he is a quick action. So it's kind of like a, like a burst off. Uh, he has explosive vent. So this is where it's okay that he kind of has a bit of heat because his explosive vent, which is a full action, he clears all heat and characters in burst one must pass an agility save or take heat equal to half the amount the pyro cleared and be knocked prone. So that's kind of like, you gotta be careful around him because he'll turn that heat outwards and kind of blow it back at you guys. Um, he also has a fire break shield, which kind of is like a line four energy shield that kind of blocks anything in front of it. Um, but it is only like one direction facing. So um, it doesn't wrap around anybody. It is a line kind of out ahead. 
and it just lasts until the end of the pyro's next turn. Um, so that is that pyro guy up there. Since we just covered him, let's go ahead and go to his southeast a little bit and cover the Ronin. He's got two swords with him. Like Dalton was saying, he is kind of a close range melee guy. Uh, he is, sorry, just had his stats pulled up. So he has a speed of five, his save evade is 10, his E defense is only a seven, his sense of reach is 10, but he has 18 HP. Zero armor, but 18 HP. So he has a little bit more HP than normal guys, and his heat cap is seven. Uh, some of his stuff, his carbon fiber sword has a plus uh, two attack bonus and plus one accuracy, uh, but it, it is a threat of two. So it's only, he has to be within two spaces in order to use it, but still pretty, pretty good. Um, which does extra an extra 1d6 kinetic damage on a critical hit. Uh, he has something to kind of help him get around. So his chaff launchers, the Ronin gains soft cover until the start of his turn whenever they boost. So boosting, he gains uh, like uh, he gets to impose like a basically a difficulty on any shots towards him. And then rebound is a reaction he gets. Whenever he takes, if he takes damage, he can only use this once per round, but he takes, the, the trigger is he takes damage from a ranged attack. He rolls a d6 and on a four plus, he gains resistance to damage from that attack. And the attacker must repeat the attack against themselves. So basically it's like, he's like deflecting the, whatever attack is being done at him back at the person. Um, it's a shield that he kind of has. So it's kind of like a quick flash shield. So that is, the Ronin. Next up, let's cover the Assault right here that Dalton said kind of did some structure damage to him. Uh, the Assault is like a general kind of like all ranger, mid-range kind of mech. Uh, he has a speed of four. He has one armor and 15 HP. Currently, this guy only has 11 out of 15 HP, but normally they have 15 HP in total. His saves are 10. His evade and E defense is only an eight, and his sensor range is an eight as well. Uh, his main weapon is a heavy assault rifle that has reliable two. Uh, so it's plus one attack bonus against that, and it's a range of 10. Um, some of the other things he does, he does have a combat knife, a threat range of one that just does four kinetic damage. Um, he has a reaction called Hunker Down. It's an attack that hits the assault, but the damage hasn't been rolled yet. He just once per round can gain resistance to all damage from that attack. He can do that once per round. And his rank discipline, uh, this is an optional trait that he was given for this battle. The assault gains plus one accuracy on all attacks, checks, and saves while adjacent to at least one allied character with the mech tag. Uh, if you remember before when you're fighting the Bastion, that assault was kind of keeping close to him for that reason. Um, next up, we this is another assault down here. Uh, a little bit more southeast, we have a hive. Uh, hives are very interesting in the sense they're kind of like they're battle controller type mechs. So this hive doesn't have any armor, but it has 20 HP. Currently, this mech right here, this hive down here only has 10, so it only has half its HP remaining. Um, but uh, it's its main abilities. Let's see. Oh, it's save. When it imposes a save, you have to beat a 12. Its evade is only an 8. Its E defense is a 10. Uh, its sensor range is a 10. So its main weapon is that 8 range 3 burn attack that I've been kind of, it's been kind of doing to several of you. Um, it gains a plus 2 attack bonus to that. And it's a smart seeking weapon. So it just kind of points and it is able to kind of attack your E defense 
uh, and it's self-guided, which is pretty cool. Um, Razor Swarms is another thing that is mainly, it's kind of like area of effect, kind of like uh, controller ability. So that's actually what this red circle is right here, that Nye's turret and, um, crap, who is that? Uh, that is panic like you mean it. So Chris's mech as well, right? That's your mech right there. So currently that's what you two were in. That's where we kind of left off. It, it did a burst of these razor swarms. So this is a blast one razor swarm in a free area within sensors. Uh, allied characters, so any NPCs in that area gain soft cover as long as they are partially covered in the affected area. Hostile characters, which is you, a nice turret and Chris, when they start their turn, at least partially within the area, or move into it for the first time, that you take two burn damage. Uh, and the hive can deploy any number of razor swarms. Uh, and they're persistent until the rage uh, to the rest of the scene or until the hive is destroyed. Now that is a recharge ability. It's a recharge force plus ability. So it doesn't always get to do that. Um, let's see. Drone Barrage is one of the next one. The hive makes a tech attack against a character within sensors and basically gets to choose one. So they either become immobilized and impaired until the end of their next turn, or they immediately move up to five spaces in a direction chosen by the hive. So once again, that's the kind of controller type of mech that it can kind of do. And that's just a quick tech action that it gets to do. Uh, one, and then lastly, the optional system it has is the Electro Nanite Cloud. At the start of its turn, or at the start of their turn, hostile characters within range three take two burn. Additionally, until they move beyond range three, they make all system checks and saves and attack attacks at plus one difficulty. So I've been mentioning between this hive and the other one that was more north of here that there was this kind of like area of effect, this kind of like cloudy effect that was going around it. That's what that is. So it moved within range of both Chris and the turret last turn. So it shot out this like swarm cloud, but then also has that nano electro nanite cloud around it that are both going to take effect at the beginning of the nice turret turn, but also at uh, on, on Hailstorm's turn. So that's kind of what those effects were kind of coming into play at the beginning of this round. So, but... I should also say this support, this mech right here is a support mech that's right behind the hive. And he actually shot something onto the hive and you guys are about to find out what that is. So the support mech can't actually do any damage at all. It doesn't do damage. Its main thing is just completely support. Um, the best it can do is actually make you guys slowed until the end of your next turn where if it hits you with like a sealant gun because it uses the sealant gun to either clear burn on an enemy or or to just slow you guys down. Um, it, it did shoot out this latch drone um, to the, the hive. So that's what's currently attached to him. It's a latch drone that's a size one half HP five um and it has evasion 10 e defense 10. it is a self-deploying drone clamps on the character within range three occupying the same space and moving with them while the drone is attached the target regains five hp at the start of each of their turns and gains plus one accuracy on all checks saves and attacks enemies can target the drone with attacks that is a recharge ability for the support and that only recharges on a six plus which is it's only a d6 that i roll so it has to be a six for him to get that back but that's what he shot on him before so so that is something just to note that you can you can target that latch drone uh, and it is going to heal that hive each each turn that it is able to. 
Um, it also has stuff like a restock drone, which allows, uh, like, basically just shoots something, a drone down in an area, and if an NPC runs into it, it'll just heal five, and that's it. But it also has a nanite repair cloud, which just when they're ejects to it, when they're adjacent, to, any mechs that are adjacent to the support, allied characters roll twice on all saves, and uh, on all saves, and mech skill checks, and choose the higher result. So just being around that thing is really good, but it can't do any damage directly. It is a healer for sure. Um, lastly, I think that's it for what's on the board right now, right? I think so. Okay, yeah, so that's what's currently scanned. Did you guys have any questions or did I not cover something that you want to know about the mechs? Because Ashley's, uh, sorry, uh, Python's scan ability revealed a bunch of information for you guys, so. I think we're probably good for now. Uh, but something to keep in mind that like, like retroactive, like if we want to know something, we can just ask. Just ask. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Let us know. Yeah. Yep. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Aside from the information overload, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume and, and, and say, uh, uh, Python, I'm going to ask you to try and deal with the pyro because you're the one who can fight without conventional weaponry and it has a lot of stuff to deal with swords and guns and missiles and hopefully not a lot to deal with just getting hacked <laughs> yeah i'll focus on him <laughs> i will Great. hopefully be able to handle at least partially the assault and the sword guy coming at you appreciate it um i went last last time so i will nominate who gets to go first this upcoming round um but i do think since it's an even round the enemies get to go first no but thank you for double checking that so essentially i misread that rule how initiative works was exactly like you were describing the enemies would only go first if there was if they didn't take it if they weren't the last ones to take a turn and that can only happen if there's less npcs on the board than you guys so yeah it's always going to be you guys nominate who goes first first round players always go first and then it rotates between player NPC, player NPC. But if it if it ever ended with the NP, like one of you guys being the last one to go, then the NPCs would take their turn first. But since like there's always been more than you guys, there's always been NPCs that ended last. So you're good. Yeah, that makes sense. awesome. Yeah. Um, does anybody have any like strong support moves to support everyone else who's going to be going or feel strongly about going first? Uh, Otherwise, I'm gonna just try and blast the three guys in front of me down here. I think I can't really deal with that fight up top. Yeah, yeah I was just gonna kind of do some techie stuff against the pyro guy, so I don't need to go in any particular order. Before we make solid plans, I did want to say so reinforcements are coming in at the beginning of this round. So I wanted to say that before and show you where what what mechs are coming in, just so you kind of know, because we are starting at the beginning of the fourth round out of six. And so with that, there are going to be two mechs that are going to be appearing in the bottom left ingress zone. Boom. You guys recognize them as they don't have any special templates, but this one in front of it is called a Bombard, which I know outside of outside of what we played online, you guys are familiar with a more artillery, it's an artillery uh, style mech. And then behind it is a priest class mech that is a support mech that kind of latches on 
to different mechs. You guys are kind of familiar with that as well. So I wanted to make sure you guys were aware of that before you started making solid plans and everything. But yes, and then we're we're starting at the beginning of the fourth round. You guys go ahead, make your strategies and, and nominate who goes. So yeah, I'm just going to smack this person over here. Unless you want me to I nominate Chris. Uh, I am just going to target like Right. I like the diegetic um, fire truck alarms. I think that's yeah. actually happening because a ship crashed in the middle of a city. Yeah. Uh, Spencer, do I take damage from starting my turn in this zone? Uh, yes. So the effects happen. So let's go ahead and resolve that real quick. So the first one was, so you are in the razor swarms. That's what the smaller red circle is. And all that yeah. does is just do two burn damage. Do you currently already have burn damage on you? No. Okay. No, so just, not. yeah, just like normal, uh, you, yeah. you take two burn damage and then at the end of your turn, you'll make an engineering yeah. Uh, and then the blah, 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 then the electro nanite cloud happens at the start of your turn. Within range, also take two burn. Um, and yes, that's it. It, it you, you, that just happens at the beginning of your turn as long as you're within that range three. Gotcha. So, okay. Yeah. So that's what it is. you also do any system check saves and tech attacks at plus one difficulty. But okay, cool. Um, I'm just gonna fire both my RPGs into. A square that will hit all three of these guys because the burst two. All right. So I'll let's do top to bottom. Yeah. So. Oh wait, wait, that's. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna like individually do these rolls. Okay, so first guy, first one, second one, second guy, first one, second one. The support guy, first one, second one. Uh. Yeah, burst weapons are like interesting until you realize you have to roll way too many dice. Okay, so uh, ni 19 and 12 on the um, assault guy or whatever at the top. Yes, uh, you said, what was the total you got again? It's a fade is eight. Okay, so both those hit. Um, so perfect. Cool, so I'm just gonna roll the 2d6 plus two. So seven damage total seven damage it has one armor so it does take one of that so it takes six damage it takes it takes two it, it, sorry it was two it's two separate damage instances i just rolled them together so oh, it takes okay. five yeah. perfect okay great so, uh, uh against the hive uh, hive yeah a four yeah. and twelve okay it's evade is eight and it has zero armor okay so it only hits Uh, takes oh, four. You also hit the last drone, so you should definitely do that next. Uh, four. Got it. Cool. Oh, is the last drone on one yeah. of these guys down here? Okay. Yeah. Oh, the last drone is attached to the hive. It's it's a little hard to see, but it has a little heart symbol attached. I was wondering what that was. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's size one half, HP five, evasion ten, e defense ten. So. Okay. Uh, two does not hit it. Oh nope. So somehow um, it blocks the the latch drone from getting attacked. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, a ten and an eight on the support. Uh, ten of eight. The support is uh, evade eight. So yeah, that hits. Cool. So both hit. Yeah, the support only has four health left. 
And well, it takes eight damage. And so it takes six damage. Six. It's it's you blow that thing up. So if cool. you want to describe how this how this looks. Yeah, well, considering I missed the top guy, I think that one of the RPGs just went wide, but managed to like land right in the middle of the support drone and just blew it to pieces. So it's a raining little fragments. Yeah. Fortunately, the little hacker guy is protected by his like electromagnetic net yeah. BS, but yeah. how it goes sometimes. Uh, and then I will just use my movement to move two, three, four. Um, and that is my turn. Perfect. All right, NPCs are going to go next. And so the Hive is going to go next because it wants that HP boost before before any uh, anything else happens. So the self-deploying drone, so it stayed, it, I double-checked it because like the, the swarm that's right here in the effect range around the Hive would go away if it was dead, but the support's latch drone is like a self-deploying thing. So it just, it stays there, it, it doesn't stop. So it gets plus five HP, so it raises its six HP to 11. Real, real quick before that, okay. Hive, you could, you could use your reaction to fire that turret, right? It did take damage. Yes, I, I. That is a thing that I can do. Good. Was oh. is either of these, either of these mechs like within three damage of death? So Not I damage them both. Three damage. Okay. The hive had six health before it was about to gain back health, and the yeah. assault is at eight health. Okay. Well, it's up to you then, because it's not gonna kill you one. I mean, I'll That's just cool. do whichever one you want. I'll just do three kinetic damage to it. Yeah, screw that hive. I don't like that. Okay, minus three. So it's down to eight health after it heals up. So it's at eight health now remaining. Um, but yeah, the hive then, let's see here. I'm not sure when the, the, does your, no, does your turret have a turn or is it just a reaction based thing? Just a reaction on when an ally uh, hits something. Interesting. Because the, the, the wording specific for the Razor Swarms is just hostile characters start their turn at least partially within the area or move into it for the first time in a round. So I don't think it affects your turn. <laughs> uh, so I was just double checking that. So anywho, uh, the Hive will move five. Let's see here. So it'll move one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, it's gonna get up close and personal to you, Chris. It's chasing you down. Yeah. So it's it's moved right here next to you, Chris. And now Dalton, you are within that that three range uh, of the 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 electro nanite cloud. So just want to give you a warning about that beforehand. Um, but then it will, it's probably angry at nice turret. So it's probably gonna turn and shoot that turret because it has that hunter killer nexus, a range of eight. It does three burn damage to that turret, nigh. Or wait, it's gonna attempt. Hold on, it has to roll. Let me roll. Uh, seven, eight, nine. Does a nine yeah. beat your turrets? Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Evasion of 10. Oh, no, it sure don't. <laughs> so there we go. It, it it tries to fire at it, and somehow this turret is surviving everything right now. So <laughs> uh, that is, let's see, that is, that was its, I guess it's skirmished to just do its hunter killer nexus. 
So it can do a drone barrage as a quick tech action as a part of its second quick action. Um, and it will do this to you, Chris, because it's chasing you down now. So you are going, it, it just is going to make a tech attack against you as a plus two bonus. So let's roll this. Also, I need to make my engineering save for the burn. Oh, yeah. Uh, remember, um, well, you moved out of the the the, the area. Because, yeah, I would have been out of it for the roll. Yeah, so no no difficulty added. So you're good. Wait, one d that it's a one d twenty, but trying to meet a ten, right? Yes. Yay! No. <laughs> Chris, that burn stays on you. Yeah. Um, and it was twelve against your E defense for that tech a quick tech attack. That was a hit. Yep. Okay, you're uh, let's see here. You are now immobilized impaired. and impaired. Yeah, I was def I was debating whether or not to move you, but I'm going to choose immobilized and impaired until the end of your next turn. So, okay. Um, and that is the end of the hive's turn. So, whoever you nominate next, Chris. I I would like to go. Uh, I can go then. Okay. Uh, so first, as a free action, I'm going to issue a command to uh. To Python. Uh, Python, we said we wanted you to go after the uh, fire guy, right? That is what Dalton said. Okay, I'm officially. I'm not Dalton. Issuing a command. Sorry, that's what Packfire said. <laughs> Mothman is getting on comms and he's telling Python that you are best equipped to go after the fire guy. And I'm issuing that command, and as such, you are gaining a D6. Uh, that you can use on any action that would follow the command that I'm giving you. Nice. Uh, so basically, like in D&D, you're getting a D6 as a bardic inspiration. Um, you don't have to use it. If you don't use it, I get it back. Um, but you can only use it for things that are related to the command. So I'm just telling you to attack him. So however you do that, you now have a D6. Uh, of accuracy for that said thing. Do I have to decide to use it before I make my initial roll? Uh, and then decide if I want to add it after I know the result. I don't know. Uh, what is this thing you're doing? Is this like so as one of my pilot talents, leader one gives me the ability to issue order. It is a free action. Okay, so it's a pilot talent. Uh, leader one, not the triggers, Dalton. Well, while we're trying to figure that out, you can keep going with the rest of your moot or your actions. Yeah. So out of these two guys, uh, hold on. Out of this guy and this guy, who would it be better for me to take out or attempt to take out? Probably the Hive. The Hive does have that three burn cloud around it. When people start their turns, they will take damage. I will, also, I will yeah. say, though, the Hive has already taken its turn. Uh, right. So it the, won't the... be going again this round. 
I would be less. Yeah, but anyone who starts their turn within range. Yeah, but it's just going to stand there. Um, I, I would be more worried about the thing that can still actively take a turn and fire on us. You specifically will start your turn within range of its cloud thing. Yes, I don't think you're going to kill it, though. <laughs> okay, then I'll go for the other guy if that's who you want. Um, so I will use a barrage action. I guess technically I should probably like move here. Uh, use the barrage action. Uh, so the first attack, I'm going to use my assault rifle. Uh, so that's just a D20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a three. So that probably doesn't hit. No, the assault uh, has an evade of eight. Okay, well, he's going to take two damage because it is a reliable weapon. Oh, he has one armor, so he takes one damage. Okay, and now I'm going to use my flex mount to use uh, both Nexus light uh, weapons against him. Mm. So this is against his E defense, I believe. Which is also eight. And he has 10 health remaining. So the first one hit. Mm-hmm. And that is a D3. Uh, so we'll take one damage. One damage. And then I'll do it again. Oh. Also what hitting. Oh. What type of damage is this? It is probably just kinetic. Okay. Kinetic. So his armor does eat up that first one. But get, keep going. Keep going. That 17 hits. Even though he took damage earlier, the armor eats it up again. It eats up all attacks. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll pull up the armor rule specific, but okay. yes. Every, well, every second one of damage, it'll reduce that well, That is uh, a bummer. So the second attack will also do one damage minus one for zero. So fuck that guy. <laughs> but uh, I did a total of one damage because of reliable. Yeah. <laughs> That's insane that armor just like stacks on all the attacks. It, yeah, the the balance is that like you're never going to encounter an enemy with more than three armor and most enemies would only have one or less. A lot of these don't have armor. Um, yeah. but, There's yeah. other ways to deal damage than just with weapons. Yeah. And mixing like AP and burn in is a good way to get around it too. Yeah. 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 It's just a bummer that uh, the I, I had one yeah. attack miss and two attack hits and both did a total of zero damage. Uh, but then after that, I'm just gonna move back in my uh, my little hidey hole. Uh, Titan, to answer your question about how leadership one works, you choose before you roll whether to add the advantage, mm -hmm. the accuracy or not. Your C die. Yeah, okay, cool. Sounds great. All right. After Nye, uh, I should say, after Mothman goes and starts laying covering fire into the assault mech, uh, this Ronin is going to move next. So the Ronin has a move of five. So he is going to move one, two, three, four, five. And the important thing to note is that his 
sword, his sword, his carbon fiber sword has a threat of two. So that means he can reach you now, Nye. Does so he is two or behind cover? He is behind yeah. cover, though. Right. Well, melee weapons actually ignore cover. So it has a range of two, Spencer? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because that's that's how threat works. Um, or Maybe sorry, for NPCs. Maybe they're, they're, it's one stat for NPCs, but it's different stats for player characters. For, for what? For, for threat? player characters, threat and range are different stats. Uh, yes, except in the case of melee weapons. Melee weapons, threat is their range, and then other weapons like shotgun stuff like have like five range and three threat. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm literally behind a wall. Here, I'll, I'll bring up the cover rules just to double check. But it might be a line of sight then. Yeah, I would even even if Spencer like melee weapons would ignore cover, I don't think they'd ignore line of sight. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think yeah, I don't think they'd get away with the fact that Nye's like, well, just straight up behind a wall that's as tall as he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah, I'm cool with the ignoring cover thing. It's just that just feels wrong. What if they have just a. a like nanomolecular blade that cuts straight through walls. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. I, I don't know. You're right. Anytime a target is obscured or obstructed somehow, it has soft cover, adding plus one, plus one difficulty to any ranged attacks. And then the same thing with hard cover as well. So a hard cover adds plus two difficulty to any ranged attacks, but you can still melee attack people through the cover. I, I guess that's how it seems like it's set up mechanically from from, from my perspective. Um, just because it's, it specifically says, like, the only thing cover does is add difficulty to ranged attacks. Um, and mechanically, that's the only, like, penalty it's kind of imposing. Uh, so how I kind of interpret it is that even though you're behind cover, it could still hit you. But Checking I for guess... If a character is adjacent to hardcover, they benefit from that cover against all characters, except for characters that flank them. Yeah. I mean, under melee, though, it says melee attacks ignore cover. But this would say I have heart because I'm adjacent to hardcover. I have cover from all characters other than those who flank me. Yeah, but the melee rule like specifically overrides it because it's more specific. Mm hmm. Specificity is like how they kind of like prioritize rules. Yes, page sixty-four is like the melee attack one, and then if you if you read under the cover specific, it does say like it only adds difficulty to ranged attacks. I mean, it's definitely weird. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just like I think it's just a, a not exactly a hole in the rules, but it's something they should have considered of like you shouldn't be able to swing a sword through a concrete oh. wall because. <laughs> Like, unless you're bigger than it, which would make sense. If you're like a size two mech swinging through a size one wall, sure, that makes sense. But like, I don't know. We can also okay. always amend these things at the table. The yeah. beauty yeah. of the game. So no swinging through concrete walls, you guys. You can't do that because of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as as the as GM Spencer has final say on, on this one. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm OK because like, 
it, it's only going to skirmish anyways, so he can just use his other, his quick action to boost. So he'll just boost around that. I'm okay with doing that. I, I guess I was trying to think mechanically of how melee weapons kind of like are advantageous for, for it. And I guess like that does make sense. Like you wouldn't well, be able to like stab through a, like a like a cover of some sort. It would make more sense in like a smoke and less of like a concrete barrier, like you're saying. But and maybe I think I think part of it too though is like the difference. In, like I think this doesn't affect cover. It's more about line of sight. Of mm. like if you can't draw a line of sight to a target, how are you gonna attack it? Kind of thing. Um, so I think maybe maybe line of sight rules are more important here, where like they can't target. Like although sent they. The book also mentions like sensor range. You know everything within sensor range. Mm -hmm. So I don't know like how sensor range and line of sight work. I'm reading through these rules the first time. I was very confused about like the difference yeah. counts. Do you have line of sight if you're in sensor range or like? Because obviously you do if you can see them visually. But even if they're blocked, you know they're there if you have sensors. So I don't. I think the way to get around that with like some like sensor effects and stuff like that is like it, a sensor like can go through like cover and yeah. stuff like that. But like yeah. a, a lot of e, e weapons have like seeking or something like that that kind of right. attack. That. So one 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 piece of advice to kind of get us get us moving is uh, in the old old school revival like uh, philosophy document you can go read. One thing it says is uh, just make a ruling and move on. Um, yeah. And if you come and, and that's how it goes forward and uh, you can, re you can no. review it later. So in this instance, I think Spencer just make a ruling and we can go from there. I want to spend the rest of our stream <laughs> mulling over these rules. Okay. Uh, he boosted and then used his skirmish as the other quick action. And he is going to make a carbon fiber sword attack against Yunai. Uh, does, does Lancer have a Jeremy Crawford equivalent that I can like get on their Twitter? Fourteen. They've made a ruling on this before. I, I'm I, fourteen will hit. I'll I'll put I'll find it again and put a link. I was looking at um like a collected FAQ document, and it didn't really make mention of it of this particular situation. He also had accuracy, but it hit anyways. So you take six kinetic. Okay. So what happens if I hit zero HP? Ooh, structure damage. So this is the same thing that happened to. Dalton, Dalton, can you, or I don't know why I said Dalton, nine, <laughs> page 80 is where the wear and tear is. What we're gonna do is, this is your first structure. So you're going down from a four structure down to a three. Go ahead, reset your HP. Um, then take a D6 and roll it because that's gonna determine your what type of damage your structure, like what got destroyed in, in this. So, by going to zero. Uh, system trauma. Okay. What does that do, Nye? Uh. Oh, you gotta roll another d6. <laughs> Parts of your mech are torn off by damage. That's what system trauma is. So roll another okay. d6 too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what am I weapon? All weapons on one mount of my choice is destroyed. Yeah. You choose. Well, this Ronin kind of came down with his sword and slashed one of your weapons. I'm probably going to go with the howitzer. It's feeling like that's not going to be helpful uh, here. So probably that one. Also, that would make sense. It's like a giant fucking mortar on my back. So of all the things for him to hit, that would probably uh, probably make sense. 
<laughs> you like ducked down and he slashed it. Perfect. And then that's going to be the end of the Ronin's turn. So after you're done, uh, I think that's the end of the structure damage. Uh, so I had I had four health. Do I still lose the remaining two? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good question. And then now nah, you were the last one to go. So I think you nominate somebody next. I'm going to nominate Justin because it looks like he wants it. Awesome. Uh, um, so I am going to use my movement. <laughs> I'm going to pop over here. I am going to use the barrage action to start with my heavy charge blade. All right. Um, hey, there you go. There you are. Ah, boo. Eight. Probably doesn't do it. Oh, eight. And sorry, uh, against which guy is this attacking again? Can you ping him? Uh, yeah. This assault guy right here? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, the assault has an evade of eight. So, so you hit it. Because, yeah, meet me. Awesome. Okay, uh, so I will roll 1d6 plus eight. Yeah, currently he has one armor. The assault class always has one armor, and he has only eight HP remaining. Oh, um, this is an armor-piercing weapon. Oh, so ignore armor. <laughs> Let's so go. Eight damage. Eight? You killed him! How does this look? That's a lot of damage. I just, I like flashing damage. Like, he's just done. Like, bam, it just goes down. El Diablo had enough. Um, cool. Uh, was that a skirmish attack? Because you could, like, boost somewhere if you wanted to or something. I guess I can, yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to instead, um, the other part of my barrage attack, I'm yeah. going to use my prototype weapon. And so, like, a little cannon comes popping out the thing and blasts over at, um... The hive? The hive. Okay. It has 8 HP remaining. It also has that, um, uh, latch drone attached to it. You can also target, but... And the last drone heals how much health when it starts its turn or whatever? Five. So every time the hive activates, it heals five? Correct. Uh, so it won't do that again until next round, but yeah. correct. Yeah. And is the hive, what's the, what's the HP of the hive? Eight currently. Eight currently. All right, well, I mean, I'm still going to have to do a ton of damage, but uh, I won't kill it. Yeah, I was planning on attacking it when it comes around my turn. It's staring me down, and I have a shotgun, so. <laughs> oh, actually, wait, it's within five. Um, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to, um, instead, I'm going to use um, my 
Oh, that's within range three. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot him with my thing. Do it. I thought I was gonna do something else cool, but now I want to miss. Yeah. I think. Yeah, the hive has wait, wait, made wait, wait, a beat. Uh, no, never mind. I'm nothing. I don't get anything. Prototype weapon needs a little bit tweaking. A little more juice. A little more juice. juice. Like kind of sputter. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You said that was a barrage. So that was your full full action. Was that? Yeah. Thing? So I can just do my move and make that barrage attack, right? Yes. Okay, so cool. That is my turn. Okay. Next up, let's see here. Uh, the pyro is going to move in. So let's see. He has a speed of two. So let's go ahead and just move him one, two. And then I know he has, let's see, there's the explosive jet. I believe I used that last time. So that has to use, yeah, he already did that. Mm -hmm. So he, it's how, it's a recharge weapon. So for NPCs, at the start of this NPC's turn, roll 1d6. If the result is equal to or greater than five, the equipment can be used again. So let me go ahead. Roll that d6. <laughs> and he gets it back. So, um, that pyro is going to... Nobody's within burst two. So then he is going to fly five spaces. So let's go ahead and move him right next to that assault. So he's going to go right there. And let's see here. That pyro has a flamethrower. Let's see here. So he is probably going to turn around and do. He's going to point to you, Ash, because that's this is your mech right here. Python. Yes, Python. Oh and God. he is going to. Right on our ass. What the fuck? <laughs> And he's gonna he's gonna do his flamethrower. So this is a he's gonna make a roll against your evade, and he has a plus one bonus to it, and that's a nat twenty. <laughs> I think that'll hit. So go ahead and take um take three burn damage, and he generates four heat to himself. So oh. the thing, yes, yes, Justin. Do I have to roll burn damage? I have to burn right now. Yes. So you you go at the end of your turn. You have to make an engineering check. Okay. So go Sorry. ahead. Yes. No, you're good. You're good. Is that what it is? Yes. Mm -hmm. Plus your engineering. Yes. Plus your engineering. Plus my engineering. Yeah. Does that put you over ten? Where's my? Or at ten? Where's my engineering again? Uh, on, maybe at the top? Yeah. When it's to the left of uh, kind of all your stats, like speed, evasion, attack, e defense. Oh. Right below uh, stress. Zero. Zero. Okay. So you take whatever burn damage you currently have. As HP uh, damage. So you have two burn. You take, you lose two HP. Got it. Yeah. And that stays on you until you, you, you pass that engineering and, and pat it down. So. Cool. But add. Sorry. So no, you're good. Uh, yeah, so you took three burn damage. Yep. He also causes four heat to himself. He had heat earlier from your weapon. 
Uh, yeah, he had four heat for me. So now he has, he is nine out of 12 for his heat, just to let you know. Mm. So, okay. uh, that is the pyro's turn because he did explosive jet and he did his flamethrower. That is his turn. So, uh, Justin, you went last. Nominate who goes next. Uh, Dalton, did you say you wanted to go next? I can go next. I think I'm the only, no, Ashley still needs to go, good. right? Or Ashley, would you prefer to go? I, I, I'll, I'll go. I, I, okay. It doesn't matter either way, though. Um, Actually, I am going to... She's purple. She's up here. Okay. <laughs> I'm purple. Um, I am going to take a... Start by taking a quick tech action against the pyro. And I am going to take the invade action. And that should be a d20 plus two because I have a plus two to my tech attacks. What is his? Uh, this is for the pyro. His e yeah. defense for the pyro is eight. That's gonna hit. Sure is. So because I'm taking the invade action, he should be taking success. Um, your target takes two heat and I am going to... He's at 11L12. Yeah, he is. Um, push my target two spaces backwards and knock him prone. So you want to move him like right there? Uh, yeah, yeah, away from the deployment zone. That's perfect. Okay. And then here, here, I've got a question. Go ahead. So, as part of my brain trait brilliance. Once per scene, the Chomalungma may take any quick tech action as a free action. Yeah. And then may either bolster or lock on as a free action. So can I take another invade action against him this round? If it's a free action, then yeah. Okay. I would like to do that. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm going to use my accuracy dice for this. Okay. From Nye. And that's going to be a 14 to hit again. So he takes plus two heat, so he should explode. Oh no. Okay, sorry, hold on. I'm I'm double checking. Doesn't explode? Um or if he, he does mute it's a bad game thing or something. He or burned. No, it. he's immune to burn, but page two eighty one is, is the GM's kit that I, the toolkit that I'm reading. Um some NPCs like mechs have a heat cap. By default, these characters have one stress and become exposed when they exceed their heat cap instead of making an overheating check. Uh so the good news is he takes double damage, yeah. Until he clears his heat. Nice. 
Okay, so, so like that. So we were a little so we were a little wrong about filling up heat, killing them. Yeah. I was gonna say, shouldn't it be exposed to the rest of the scene because he doesn't have stress to get rid of? Wouldn't it just like overload and just be done? Uh, I could be wrong. NPCs with additional stress follow the standard rules for overheating. Cap. See. If we keep cap instead, they take heat. Some NPCs don't have a given state; they take heat as energy damage. Um, I would say that does put him one over his heat cap, so he'll definitely take at least one damage. Yeah, I'm gonna say he takes two. Uh, I'll say so. Yeah, that seems fair. And I'm gonna say it ignores armor because it's like internal damage. That's what I'm gonna say. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay. Overheating check. So, yeah. It doesn't say when that exposed condition ends. I, I thought it would, as long as he can clear the heat, then he'd be fine. Like, if he, if he used his turn to, like, clear it, or since he has, like, the the one ability to kind of clear it, I thought maybe that would clear that and then get rid of the exposed condition. He probably has to do the... Um... What is it? Stable? Yeah, that probably clears exposed. It's a condition, so he would have to take his turn to stabilize to do it. So he'll have to stabilize to do it. So he he is currently taking at least double damage from all sources. I also thought he would just melt down, but I'm glad we clarified. We'll get him. Yes. Okay. So I invaded him a second time. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to do for that is I'm going to do the balance control lockout again. And if they are already prone, they become immobilized until the end of their next turn. I may only immobilize a character once per scene. Okay. They are immobilized. There you go. Okay. And then as also part of the frame trait, I uh, can bolster or lock on. Um, I am going to lock on on him as well. So I have digitally marked the pyro guy, lighting them up for my teammates' targeting systems and exposing weak points. Um, so he has the lock-on condition. Any character making an attack against a character with lock-on may choose to gain plus one accuracy on that attack and then clear the lock-on condition after that attack resolves. This is called consuming lock Boom, boom. Okay. Double damage, but also locked on. Okay. And now, those are all three actions for brilliance. Um, now I am going to skirmish with my Nexus Hunter Killer. My God. On him. Okay. Can I use lock on for myself? I think so, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, you okay. locked on. Take, take, take the shot, Maverick. Take the shot. Um, I'm locked so on, guys. Take it. Is it is it command two d six k to take the higher? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. K is it means uh, keep highest. 
All right, that's going to be an 18. Nice. Is that going to hit Spencer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Against its evasion? Yes. Or E-defense? Either way, they're both eight for this. Evasion. Okay. Okay, so that's going to be 1d6 kinetic. Doubled for exposed. Uh, oh, I should calculate this correctly. Hold on. That would be a four. All right, so you rolled two. So how it works is that the attacker rolls damage, uh, doubling from the exposed status. So that does happen the first step, so it's four. The target's armor is subtracted from the total, uh, which is three. Any other deductions, such as resistance is then removed, but he doesn't, and then it's subtracted. So he took one damage. So okay. he's down to seven. Um. So I think I also should have had a third accuracy die because he's prone. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. And I only used the two from lock on. You still hit. It's fine. I don't think it matters. The only thing would she be if I could have gotten a critical success. Would that have affected the roll on the d20? If it's a critical success, uh, yes, it does make a difference. No, no, but like, actually, like when you, you rolled the d20 and like what you'd be getting is another d6 to help you hit. Yeah, it, there's no rules for natural 20 in Lancer, so if you get 20 or over, that's considered a critical success. Okay, as long as your total is 20 or higher. Okay. Yes. So since I rolled a 16, if I roll a 4 or higher, there's a chance it's critical. Go for it. But it's not, so. Damn. That's okay. But I've consumed lock-on. Um, he took one damage, and my turn is over now. And I nominate Backfire. <laughs> the, the one who's left. But before that happens, uh, this assault mech is, uh, that's right, right here, hasn't taken his turn yet. So he is going to move. Let's see here. He has a range of 10 and can move four. So he is going to move one, two, three, four, staying within that player deployment, the objective zone right there, and then taking a shot at you, Ash. Uh, okay. He, he is gonna let's see here he is going to do yep 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 well he's gonna skirmish so before he skirmishes he is actually gonna do a tech attack against you to try to see if he can actually lock on to you before the attack so let's see here yeah so he's gonna use a quick tech against you so let's see here he's gonna roll a d20 and i don't think he has any bonuses for tech abilities no he sure doesn't that's what i'm seeing okay so just 1d20 against your e-defense nope i don't think that makes it past your e-defense so that sure doesn't so now he's just going to do his normal attack. And it is a plus one. Um, nope. <laughs> I don't think that makes it past your, unless your evasion's lower than uh, than six. 
We're at six. It does not. Okay. All right, well, the assault open fire at you, Ash, didn't do anything, and that's the end of his turn. And now we are at Backfire's turn. Okay. Did see you. Yeah. Um. Don't worry about that guy. I got that. The oh, hive? Okay. He was staring down that. Cool. Um, so, Spencer, what do I have to do because I'm starting my turn inside the hive's range? Yes. It is, it is only the uh, Electro Nanite Cloud. So at the start of your turn, you take two burn, and until you move beyond that three range, you just make all system checks, saves, and attack attacks at plus one difficulty, so. Okay, so I take two burn, which- Yep. Okay, so took that from HP and I have two burn marked, um, and nothing happens. Does anything happen if I move out of it? Uh, no, it just, removes any negative effects yeah okay um in that case i will move there and i am just going to barrage with my shotgun and knives the um what, what was he a uh, uh, katana guy ronin ronin yeah okay. i don't think i have any like um accuracy or anything, but I do have um, a disadvantage because I am currently impaired until the end of my turn because of the um, structure damage, so. Mm. Does a two hit? I doubt it. Uh, for the Ronin, his evasion is 10. ten. It's gotta be higher than two. All right. Look at that. It's a one. Uh, knife. Does a knife hit with a yeah, 13? Yeah, sure does. Yeah. Okay. What about the second knife with a five? No, but probably not. So I'm going to hit not. it with one knife. He doesn't have any armor. Just 18 HP. Okay. So that's 1d3 plus one energy damage. You're just going to knife him. Uh, that's going to be four energy damage. Nice. Bring him down to 14. Yep. Also going to take two heat because I'm in the danger zone. And when I'm in the danger zone, the first time I deal damage, they take an additional two heat. Danger zone. Wait, he takes two heat or you he do? Does. Okay. Uh, Nuclear Cavalier is one of my pilot abilities. It deals extra heat when I'm in the danger zone. He's sticks out of seven heat right now. Right. Um. And I'd like to go next, Okay, I think that's the end of the round. So Spencer has some dudes to move, and I'll keep that. I do. So uh, the hive is gone. I think everybody within this zone has gone. The only ones that are remaining is this bombard and this priest down here in the bottom left that that came in as reinforcements this round. Actually, Spencer. So Yes. I took that burn on my turn. Do I still have to make the burn roll? No, I don't. I don't think so, because that burn roll would do damage. Oh, I you. I think you still make the engineering check. That's what I mean. I make yeah. the engineering check now. Yes. You, yes. You take you take the damage as soon as you get the burn, and then you take the engineering check and get Yeah. Okay. Cool. I just wanted to make sure that they do that real quick. Yeah. Okay. I cleared. Burn it. Okay. Great. Mm. Yeah. He's seven. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Ignoring armor. They mark down the burn they just took on their sheet. Let's see. First, they immediately take the burn damage, ignoring armor. Yep. At the end of their turn, 
players, uh, characters with burn marked visceral engineering check. Yeah, and they clear it. Yeah, I don't think you take it twice. That kind of, I'd have to double check that. I don't think you take it twice. I think you just get to see if you can get rid of it that turn, so. Uh, I mean, if it says I make the engineering check to clear it, that means if I fail, I take the damage. But I don't think you should take the damage twice in one turn, right? I mean, You're still on fire, right? We're already past it. I okay, you can just let's keep going. Go on with the other guy's turn. All right, so Bombard. Uh, Bombard has a range of 25, and it does a blast range of two. Uh, it is arcing, and it's ordnance, so he has to fire this right now. So he is going to fire right at somebody from far away. Oh, there they are. Yeah, oh, I'm like, where are these guys on the map? Okay, he is gonna shoot this hex right here, I think, because it's a blast of two. So if he hits right here, oh, that would still hit the hive. Yep. I don't. I don't think he wants to hit the. Okay. So if he no, <laughs> is there anywhere that does, that hits both? Uh, let's see here. Oh, what are his that? sensors? Does arcing have to do with sensors? No. No, no. but I mean, like, if his sensors are only, like, 20, he can't, like, kill. see that. Yeah. If you don't have line of sight or sensor, like, you know, range on them, how would they know you're there? It has arcing. I was right. reading that, like... So I, I understand what you're saying, but, like, yeah. if he, like, he can shoot over the cover and everything, that's fine. Yeah. But if his sensors are only, like, 15, 20... He won't know that there are things 25 hexes away. If I throw a grenade in a room, I can do that. I just don't know who's in there or where it's going to be. So I understand what you're saying. Mechanically, it using the like ordinance and the bombard doesn't require them to be within sensor range. At least it's not saying anything like that for me. Sensor range or line of sight, one or the other. Oh. Okay. I mean, I, I guess I technically don't know that for sure, but it's kind of like if you can't see someone and you don't know they're there, like, right? So. Uh, I used arcing weapons prior without line of sight or sensor range. I assumed you could do it. Like, I can just fire a shot that way knowing the enemy's kind of there yeah i think the bigger thing is he's not going to be able to avoid his teammate because he doesn't like know that they're there either yeah yeah and i guess if we uh, like role playing wise i like to think that his teammates are radioing in mm -hmm. to him as well to like let them know where everybody is because his range is 25 and his sensor is 15 so I think for the weapon mechanically, since it you can lob it over stuff, that that's what he's supposed to do is be able to shoot over these buildings and, and hit you mm -hmm. into a blast range of two. Okay. I don't know why they make an NPC that has a range longer than its sensor range if it couldn't actually like use it. Yeah. I mean, it's because you can like line of sight infinitely as long as there is line of sight but yeah like within reason yeah yeah same thing as before 
Yeah. Okay. I think it's fine. It says target must be within range, sensors, or threat, and and within the attacker's line of sight unless otherwise specified. So since it is within in range, the five. So arcing weapons are designed to lob projectiles over obstacles. They can be used to attack targets without line of sight. Yeah. So I was just kidding. I was reading the rules. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, it says must be within range, sensors, or threat, and within the attacker's line of sight unless stated. So since it can ignore line of sight, it just has to be within range, sensors, or threat, not all three or like two of the three, as long as it meets one of those three criteria, range being one of them. Okay. Okay. So sensor, you can shoot it there. It sounds like I can't shoot it there. No, I said, yes, you can. Get it in range, so yeah. you're good to go, dude. Yeah. Okay, all right. If you're doing a strict role-playing thing, it might not know that the other robots are right here. Yeah, okay. For exactly where they are. So, okay. I don't know. Cool. So... Right, right there is where you're targeting? Uh, no. Because I don't think it wants to hit its teammates. I think it's only gonna hit... No, it's still gonna hit the Ronin. Yeah, it'll, it'll drop it right here and hit both Unai and the Ronin and Dalton. So it's going to hit Mothman, Backfire, and the Ronin. So it is making, uh, so it has to make three different rolls. It gets plus two attack bonus. Let's see here. But it also has plus one difficulty. So all this is going to be at plus one difficulty. Plus two. Let's see. Minus. 1d6 so this first one is going to this is the blast radius to to mothman nope nope totally messed that up <laughs> i put a d instead of an r <laughs> all right here we go all right does a 10 hit your evasion uh yes okay so then you take five explosive damage that's a bummer uh, then the Ronin, it's going to make the attack against the Ronin. 11. I'm pretty sure that hits the Ronin. Yep, sure does. So the Ronin takes five explosive damage. Let's see. Is there anything that would block any of that? Let's see. No, I don't think so. He sank cover until the start of their next turn whenever they boost. No, that wouldn't work. Okay. And uh, then, yeah. I don't know if this matters, because going back to the cover thing, earlier it said if you're next to cover, you gain cover from all enemies unless you're being flanked. Both the Ronin and I are next to cover, and we're not being flanked. I, I don't know. I don't know how you rule that. I'm trying to refine the cover section but I do remember that being a thing. I I think this is flanked because it's like coming, there's no cover in between the blast radius and you. That would make sense. Yeah. But five, I don't think you're beat to your evasion. Does it, Dalton? No. So I, you don't take any damage, so. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. And so it made that attack because that's the first thing it has to do at the end, uh, its turn, and then it moves one, two, Let's see here. 
it's a super heavy cannon, so that would probably be a barrage that it did for that. So it, yeah. it can't do anything else. So move two. The priest moves one, two, three, four, four right there, and it links itself to the bombard. So now these two have a link with each other. And that is the end of the NPCs on the board. So I believe everybody has gone so far. Okay. Um, um so like to, oh, sorry, never mind. I changed my mind. Okay. Right. Uh, in the context of the game, I'm trying to think if there's anything we as players can do to know that they're down there. I, I you you probably saw the arc. You saw the yeah, giant bombard. I mean, so we we saw that there may there's something that came from that direction. Is about all we really yeah. know. I I think because Lancer has more of a tactical RPG, like RPG. I I think you guys would still know that they're down there. Well, I mean, that kind of like we can't see it, and they're outside of our sensors, so I don't think we can. Maybe the Rio Grande radio data was like, hey. Yeah, like that's where like Ashley, or that's where like Python's like super move would come in, where it's like a big area pulse hmm. and like sent and got everything in its range or like longer sensors. So like we as players, I think know that something is down that way, but I don't think we know exactly where or what. Hmm. Does that make sense to everybody or do we want to find out? Go. Yeah. Cool. All right, Justin. Or I'm sorry, um, not Justin. El, El Diablo. Diablo. You yeah. have your sights set on somebody. Here. So, before, hold on. What? If you're about to take your turn, reinforcements still have to come in, and it's the beginning of the fifth round. Okay. Also, important question. Yes. The I have with these scan. Uh, was who scanned? The time, yes. 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 What is yeah. its armor? Its armor is zero. Okay. Cool. Cool. At the beginning of the fifth round, down here at the south uh, western, not the not the one where the other two spawned, but at the southwest ingress zone, there spawns two new mechs, and these ones you can tell. The front one is a Ronin, and it's a Grunt, and the bottom one is a Salt Mech, and it's a Grunt. So you guys both know, you guys know that they have one HP because they are Grunts. So, and all right, I think last time we we had ruled that like dealing like heat to the Grunts killed them. I don't think that's the case, right? Uh, Let me double. I thought it was the case for some of them. It was not the case for the pyro mech. Hmm. Maybe be, oh, I think pyro it mech depended. Had, the pyro mech had a heat cap. Oh, they are immediately destroyed when they take heat. Okay. That's that's grunt. Oh, Maybe, wow. That's why I was getting confused by. So while while normal NPCs are exposed, grunts when they take heat, they just blow up. Okay. Cool. Huh. <laughs> so. Um, that's how I killed one of them last time. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I just wanted to make sure that that was. Yep, Correct. that's how that works. Cool. Okay, so I'm going to move here. I am going to... Did the NPCs spawn? They did, oh, yeah. wait, wait. yes. They did. They are down they at did. the south, right and here. it's the two new grunts. Yeah. Keep going, Justin. You move in on the hive. Sorry, El Diablo moves in on the hive. 
moves in on the hive, uses a shotgun, gets... Uh, oh, I'm also going to call... Um, how much health does this one have? The hive has 8 HP left. The thing that the little drone... Uh, the, oh, that only has 5 HP. Yeah, you can attack that. Okay. Um, I'm I'm actually going to... So I'm going to label uh, this guy over here as right. the target of my... Yeah, the Ronin as the target of my field for this turn. Um, I am going to... Uh, Um, then use my, uh, shotgun. Did I do that? Is it eight hit? An eight against the hive, I believe. Yes, it's evade is only eight, so meets beats. You're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and this was to the hive and not the um, not the drone, yeah, right? This is to the hive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then I'm gonna hit with the heavy charge blades. So I'm gonna take the barrage action. Um, oh, does the 13 hit? Definitely. So that's gonna be six damage. It's only it only has three health left. <laughs> it's almost. Oh hard. yeah. So I walk up and I shoot it like leg out, and then I stab it through the cockpit. Perfect. Cool. Okay. So it's dead. Right. I'm done. Cool. <laughs> the hive is going to take its turn. Uh, and so it gets that that latched drone 5 HP, which is nice. So it's back up to 8 HP. Um, Wait, the latched drone brought it back up to life? Mm -hmm. No, it, you didn't kill it. You didn't you deal didn't kill it. 8 damage. Yeah, I had three health left still. Dealt five damage to it. Yeah. I dealt, no, I dealt, uh, that's a total of two, uh, eight damage total. Eight? It, yeah, the, the sword, the heavy sword, yeah. is, uh, 1d6 plus three. Oh! <laughs> oh, yeah, in that, that case... matter here, yeah. Sorry, no, that, I didn't realize. I was just reading your, your three and your two on there, so if that's the case, then boom! Yeah, that hive is destroyed. The late plus three in the text <laughs> equals six. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that that hive is is absolutely uh destroyed. Yeah. So no, no, no. Yep. So the hive does not take a turn. No, hive is done. <laughs> the hive is done. So <laughs> let's go ahead. Um. Uh, you know what? Let's get this pyro up into action. So it's immobile. It's immobilized till the end of its next turn. Right. Noise. Right. Right. Correct. Uh. You can't take any voluntary movements. Amazing. That's what I was looking for. Okay. Dang it! I just had the page. Good job, actually. Learn. Lose that for. Thank you. 
status conditions. There we go. Right. They're done though, but we got we only have two now in the, the thing, so we we moved out of a pretty nasty situation. And I'm trying to remember how many are we allowed in the deployment zone? Three. Okay. Once there's three, we're done. Okay. Um, but I took that one down, so now we only have two. So if we can, I don't, I forget how toasty yeah. they are here, but um, two's better. And then this one's immobilized, so we can focus maybe fire completely on this one this turn. Or yeah, I, I don't know. I think we can take him down. I don't think that at least the bombard and his assistant probably won't make it in time. They seem to move pretty slow. The mm -hmm. minions might, but they go down quick. I can take the minions out. So immobilize, it says, cannot make any voluntary movements, although involuntary movements are infected. So uh -huh. I think he's just going to do the stabilize action. So he can clear heat and exposed and then clear condition that wasn't caused by one of your own systems, talents, etc. So he'll, I mean, like he can clear the uh, immobilized condition, but that's it was going to end at the end of this turn. The exposed would be the condition he would clear. Uh, it so to stabilize you, you get to you get to clear all heat and exposed at the same time. Oh, okay. Exposed is yeah. part of the P seventy one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a part of the the one of the first two things that you choose. So, but yeah, so he's just going to take the turn to do that and clear his heat from 12 out of 12 to zero. And that is the pyro's turn. I mean, he'd probably be able to stand up if he really wanted to. He can't take any no. voluntary movements well, he because cleared. he's immobilized. Spencer said that when he stabilized, he cleared immobilized. I thought he said he cleared exposed. You shouldn't. No, he he cleared heat and exposed as one of the things. And then in addition, he got to clear a condition that being true mobilized with all of those things cleared. He would now be allowed to move to make his movement. Yeah, because stabilize is an action. That's correct. So I think he is going to do that, but that's all he can do because his movement is to stand up. So that's it. That's the pyro. <laughs> Thank you, Dalton. I should so. have asked you to go first. Well, uh, I was just... going to, and then I corrected myself because of the immobilized condition. I should have taken him out. Oh, well, Justin took out the, um, the hive, the hive before it could heal itself. Yeah. And Justin, you nominate who you want to go next. Oh, did anybody want to go next specifically? Well, would it be more beneficial for me to try to take out the pyro or one of the other ones? Probably the but it doesn't really. These two. Okay. I think if one's looking worse, we could take out the worst looking one. Justin, you're you get to nominate someone. It's up to you. Did you nominate Ashley? Ashley. What does everyone else think? Uh, the pyro's already I taken. I still want to take out the pyro. So, our goal is to keep enemies outside of the deployment zone. Okay. To to allow reinforcements to safely land or whatever the reinforcements are doing. Pyro has already taken its turn, 
So it won't be moving into the deployment zone this turn. Um, personally, I think if we clear, clearing the deployment zone takes priority. Okay. Um, I am going to take a quick tech action against this guy. to try to invade. And that's a 16 against his E-Defense, Spencer. Yes. And this is the, uh, sorry, the Ronin? Or the Ronin? This one. The assault. Oh, the Assault. Okay. Yes, his E-Defense is eight. Okay. Um, I am going, so that will be successful. Um, so he will take Uh, he will take two heat, and I am going to do Six balance heat. I'm going to do balance control lockout to push him two spaces in any direction and knock him prone. I want to yeah. push him out of the deployment zone so he can go to here. To here or and prone. There he is. Okay. Um, what does, uh, does he have any armor? He has one armor and currently 10 HP. And what's going on with this guy? Does he have armor or HP, the one that's this one uh he has zero armor and nine hp left that is the ronin what's his heat his heat for the the ronin is six out of seven okay um i'm gonna take the invade action or no i can't take the invade action twice so i am I think I screwed up how to do this, but that's okay. Um, what did you want to do? I don't know. Invade twice? <laughs> yes, I wanted to invade twice. Um, Is this a Z defense? No, I'm not. I can't invade twice. So I'm moving into the yep. threat zone, and I'm going to skirmish with my charged blade. Okay. Against the Ronin? Yes. All right, his evade is 10. Looks like you beat it. That was for my last roll. I haven't rolled yet. Oh, got it. His evade is 10. I failed. All. Um. So then I'll just... That, that that's I'll I'll just move to end my okay. turn. You're up, Spencer. Okay. Let's see here. Who hasn't gone? The Ronin hasn't gone. We can go ahead and take his turn. Because I think yeah, only the Pyro has taken his turn so far. Oh, Ash, did you move out of range? 
Yes, I used the, I said I was using the rest of my movement to move. I would okay. be careful about doing that because the Ronin does have melee attacks and threat. Okay. Yes. Um, but the Ronin is going to go. Uh, he is pro- he's going to attack probably. I don't think he likes you, Nai. So he's going to attack oh, you. Oh, that's rude. Bro is surrounded. He's not going to try and run away? No. Damn it. He likes to be surrounded. He's got a sword. Ridiculous. All right. So he's going to he's going to attack you. So it is a plus 2 to his sword attack and he gets a accuracy die just because so 12 against your evasion that'll hit okay um it does six kinetic damage to you okay i'm gonna lose another structure oh oh no <laughs> down to two structure all right now yep. so yeah you roll 2d6 and pick the lowest Well, that would be a one, so I think I might have just died. So direct hit. It's a direct hit. Um, you have two structure left, Nye. Uh, yep. Yeah. So the result depends on your mech's remaining structure. When you have two structure, the direct hit, you roll a hull check. On a success, your mech is stunned until the end of the next turn. On a failure, your mech is destroyed. So roll. Um, against your hull. Hey, how do I do that? Um, I think since you're save target, like a 10. Yeah. Yeah, so you, you roll a d20 and add your hull, and you see if you got a 10 or higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is my hull to hull? Is like remaining structure? Mm, no, it, it says... It says, oh, roll a hull yeah. check. On a success, you're stunned. On a fail, you're destroyed. Uh-huh. Yeah, what, what is my hull? Um, so in CompCon, it's like one of those four stats you added one or two of. Ha, zero. Great. Uh, so just roll, a, just roll a raw D. We're just raw dogging this. Okay. Uh. <laughs> that's not, that's a bad roll. Is he going to reactor meltdown or just straight up explode? Uh, no, he dies. His mech is just, the mech is destroyed. Moth, I, I'm pretty sure Mothman is still alive, but the mech is is destroyed and it takes like a full repair. Yeah, roll a whole check on some roll. You're stunned. On failure, your mech is destroyed. Did you, did you fail? Oh, you failed. Hell yeah, brother. Oh, the you want to give me shit rolls. So uh, you can still like get out of your mech on your turn. Most of your weapons won't be able to do anything, and you could I feel get. Like you're safer in the. Yeah, I think you're safer in the wreck. So no one's yeah. gonna like punch a downed wreck. Yeah. I yeah. yeah I Plus, I'm like, feeling extra vindictive. <laughs> yeah. Who would ever do that? Who would ever yeah, do that? Spencer's not an adversarial DM or anything. He's not. He doesn't do that. I get to use my bombard from dish far away. He doesn't need to finish it. My turn next. <laughs> that is the end of the Ronin's turn. No, no, you do not get to you do your useless turn next in the middle of the round. Okay, my turn is I'm gonna stay in in my mech. 
<laughs> Alright, at Titan, who's up next? Yeah, nominate who goes. Uh, Justin's gone, I've gone. Uh, I know what, I know what, what, uh, Mothman's gonna do with Tailstorm and Backfire thinking. Actually, Mothman, I will say, I don't know if this is a free action, is probably like, uh, in comms range with, uh, Rio, just like, uh, things may, may not be great here. <laughs> you put your own back on my Is everything okay, Mothman? What's going on? Uh, there's a lot of bad guys, and I can't move. Is, is your mech disabled? Oh, yeah. Like, can you clarify? Uh, it, it, nothing is working. All of the buttons don't do anything. <laughs> she, like, screams over the comms, and then let's move on to some of the next turn. Uh, I, I'll, I'll nominate Backfire. Okay, I am going to shoot my shotgun at the Ronin. Okay. Um, I don't have any bonuses or, or anything, and I'm not impaired anymore, so I don't think there's any accuracy or disadvantage. Uh, uh is the shotgun? Can, do they still take disadvantage when they're adjacent? I would hope not. It's it, a close quarters combat weapon. Right. Oh, but it's still a ranged weapon, so yes, you, yeah, you, you do, yeah. I do. Okay. Yes. Okay, so no, I do. You can make if you're within three, you can make it. You can use it as like oh, a melee threat. Attack. You're using threat, right? Because that's what it can use. Yeah. It's still a range weapon, though. I don't think that changes it. Threat. Threat's just there for. Uh, yeah, that's for taking a reaction. Well, uh, well, I mean, I rolled two low anyway. Range with melee or overwatch attacks can be made with certain weapons measured from the attacking character. Mm -hmm. All weapons have threat one unless otherwise specified. Yeah, because there's there's a specific like perk or talent or something you can get that makes it so that you don't suffer um, oh. difficulty while engaged. Oh. Okay, well, I missed anyway, regardless. So, uh, two knives, knife one, knife two, one will hit. Yep, definitely. Um, that's going to be two energy damage and two heat. All right. So it's down to seven HP, and the Ronin had six out of seven heat before it went over. So it went one over. Um, so it's exposed now. What does that mean? It takes double damage. Uh, it take yes. Um, I did rule that, like, the overheating damage it took as energy damage which i think is what you're supposed to take so i'm just minusing that one over uh so he's now down to six health out of 18. so uh could mothman still take his reaction to use this turret yeah uh, i yeah i i would say I mean, the so tur the turret's still functional right it really is yeah, I was I was double checking to see if like CompCon said anything. It doesn't say that I can't. It that seems can't to be an autonomous system. Yeah. I, so, I say absolutely. And it'll do okay. six damage. Six bows. Oh, it will, right? Yeah, it's just. Yep. Does it make an attack roll still, or it just adds on? Nope, to the, 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 the just does three kinetic damage. 
Yep, they auto hit. Yeah. It's kind of wild. That's amazing. Yeah, that thing, it only had six health left. So how does this look like? It's like Dalton, uh, sorry, backfires laying in this like, he like gets a good knife and does some heat damage. And then the turret just like turns and just fires and just explodes this mech. I imagine, I like to imagine Mothman sitting in the hall. He pulls out like a, like a, like a Nintendo Switch that's like controlling this thing. And he's like, fuck this guy. <laughs> All right. Oh, Hailstorm, do you have any objections to me moving in and engaging the assault mech? Would that screw with anything? Hailstorm. Oh, uh, I'll just shoot at whichever one you're not engaging. It's fine. Uh, okay. I go, I move four, and I engage the prone assault. Perfect. Cool. All right. Well, speaking of the prone assault, I don't believe he's taken a turn. I think it was just that Ronin and uh, the Pyro that's taken a turn yet. So the, this assault is going to use his turn, his movement to just stand up. Um, And he does have a combat knife uh, for a threat of one. Uh, so he just started its turn and yeah. it did a move to stand up. It doesn't count for Overwatch. Damn. That's why. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Good question. Uh, no, D&D rules. Yeah. Uh, Although you would assume like something getting up like that would be a good opportunity to just stab it a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Although uh, I would prone. say Backfire wouldn't be next to him during that because he's taking his turn before Backfire, right? Nope. No, backfire just ended their turn moving up yeah. into range. Yeah. yeah. I follow. Never mind. Yeah. It, on uh, page 77, standing up doesn't count as, as movement, so it doesn't trigger Overwatch or other effects. Okay. So, but yeah, good. Um, so he's just going to do his knife attack plus one attack bonus, threat of one. Plus, uh, what did I say? Uh, one. That's a net 20. <laughs> So you take you take four kinetic damage as he gets a knife in you. And um, that is his turn. So who do you nominate, Backfire? Uh, I nominate Hailstorm. Oh, I think I'm going to anyway. Um, how is the flame door guy looking? Uh, he looks fine. He has three out of he has three armor in total and seven health health remaining. But it is important to note he can only he only has a speed of two. Oh, uh, he's real. In that case, I'm going to move over here, uh, and I'm just gonna. Uh, I've got my two like auxiliary launchers that I'm just gonna fire. Two like into the wall behind the assault to like hit it without hitting backfire. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think, let me double check. I think the first auxiliary, yep, first auxiliary range weapon I attack with, yes. Uh, advantage. Okay. Ah. So, so 14 hits this Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think they're just 1d3. Um, 1d3 plus 
Four damage. Four damage. Yeah, he has one armor, so he just takes the three, but that brings him down to seven HP. Oh, uh, and I'll use that as my initiative for the once per scene quick action to just move and skirmish. Um, this mm -hmm. skirmish on the same rack I can do, and then I'm going to stabilize as a full action to spend a repair to heal the full as well as clear my burn. Cool, nice. Is burn clear? No. I don't think so. You said the heat. Okay, heat gauge is different. Yeah, don't burn. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, yep, that's it. Okay. All what right. When you do your burn, you have to do an overheat, Jack. Oh. Oh, if I'm you, sorry. Heat cap. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you don't clear burn, you take that damage again and then roll a whole check to clear it. No, no. So like you could. You burn. It goes away. Uh, it, it clear. Yeah, it just clears all burn. But you would have taken the damage already that turn, so like it's useful. Obviously, like it's ideal if you can just pass that, but I don't want to risk it because I'm on two HP. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. After your turn, Chris. Uh, after Hailstorm's turn, uh, this Ronin Grunt does move and boost to kind of start pressing closer to the objective zone, uh, and. It's Nye is the only one who's left, right? Oh. Mothman's the only one who's left. Yes, Mothman. Were you were you going to stay in your mech? Oh hell yeah! I was looking okay. to see if there's anything else I could do outside of like get out. Uh, I couldn't Not find really. anything, so it's... I'm just. Yeah, they they make a point to say like all pilot weapons don't do anything to mechs. So. Oh really? You can't even get like custom ones because I feel like you should be able to get like a custom rocket launcher or something. I'm sure. No, you can. You can, yeah. But for yeah, the yeah, they... weapons, yeah. It's like a heavy. It's like a heavy signature weapon or something like that, and it's got like Gosh, yeah. Property. yeah. Yeah. Yep, I, no, I'm, uh, I'm staying right where I am. Seven, eight. There's no weapon. You can also equip grenades and stuff too. You can. Yeah. Eight. Twelve. No. He can't hit anybody because Chris is directly through his teammates, so he cannot shoot. At least I think that's how that works. I'm gonna say that's how that works right now. So, um, that's them. Uh, it. So everybody, all the players have gone right. So this bombard's gonna take his turn. He's gonna do another one of his bombards. Uh, probably, yeah. Oh, if he puts right here, let's see, who's that hit? If he shoots right here now, one, two, one, two. So it's not gonna hit Dalton, but it's gonna hit Chris, uh, Nye, and, or sorry, Hailstorm, Mothman, and Titan. If he does a blast range of two right here. So he's gonna, the Bombard's gonna shoot it right there. So he has, once again, plus two to the attack, but minus one difficulty. So this first one is gonna be at uh, Mothman. Bro, what? I... Oh, wait, Mothman, you're in your mech. Sorry. I can't do shit, man. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry, this'll be at- Leave me alone. I did. I did. Sorry, I forgot you're 
Titan. He's a nine feet your evasion. Uh, uh. My evasion is nine. Nine. Okay, so it does hit you. But okay. Chris, I'm pretty sure two doesn't aphase you. What if I just feel like failing it on purpose? <laughs> just to see what happens. Uh, no, I. Yeah. I do a little jig to get out of the way. Like all the incoming shrapnel. Ash, you take five explosion damage as the bombard launches at you. So what if I only had three HP left? This is your first structure damage. Do, does that carry over to my next it HP? Does. Yes, and then go ahead and roll on the structure table. Can it roll for me? Oh, I can roll in CompCon. Can I do that? Yeah. Three. CompCon. There you go. But what does that mean? I think you roll again. Your mech have been torn off by damage. Roll another d6. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Five systems. Pick a system. I'm going to get rid of my Ava module because I'm not actively using it. Flying. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Confirm. Okay, and then I take two more damage. Yes. Okay. Thank you. All right, all NPCs have gone. All players have gone. At the, this is the sixth and final round. You have to make sure you start with four points. Each enemy within the zone minuses. If you have one or less, you fail. So there are no reinforcements that come in. Wait, Were you going to say something, Justin? I, no, so I, I'd so like we can only have two enemies in the zone, not three, is what you're telling me. No, three. You said one or less, we fail. Right? Yeah. 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 So, and we have four, four points. points, three enemies. So three enemies are in there. We just be able to. Can't think today, guys. I apologize. Yeah. We will go Well, no, yeah. I think Ashley's right though. If, yeah. we, if three we enemies are in there, that's one four minus three is failure. one. One or less. So failure. one or less is a failure. Yes. So we yeah. can only have two enemies yeah. in there. Ashley's correct. Yes. So we were wrong. Okay, great. We were wrong the whole time. Yeah, we Ashley. Have- Ashley was right. We can only have two enemies in the deployment zone. PCs start with four points at the end of the sixth round. The points are tally. The PCs lose a point for each and every enemy inside the CC. Uh, this can result in a negative war uh, score. Uh, PC victory at the end of the sixth round. The PCs have a score of one or higher. So sorry. Oh, okay. That's why I was thinking three. So yes, makes sense. So we okay. win if we have one or one or more points. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. And sorry, Justin, did you get a chance to ask your question? I didn't hear it before. Oh, I'd like to be nominated to go first. Cool. Uh, did we want to take a break, by the way? I I, uh, I know we're we're getting close on our time and everything. We hadn't had a break. I just wanted to give that opportunity real quick. If anybody needs to, I think we could take a break now. But if nobody needs a break, I think we should probably just be forced to go through. I'm going to go in the bathroom, but I don't need to be here, so... Yeah, I'm sorry, Mothman. Don't go in your bathroom. Yeah, if you guys, if there's something while I'm away, if there's a thing that you want the drone to hit, I think it has a range of 10. Uh, just does three damage. Just adds it on. You toss yep, just on like the, what you guys do. You toss the turret trigger out of your mech at someone else. Here, you you do it. Ashley hacks in, or sorry, sorry, Python hacks into the to the controls. <laughs> okay, great. So, perfect. And uh, 
was it Justin that was going to be nominated first? Is that what we were deciding? Or I mean, you know what I want to do. I'm going to okay. go. I'm going to go. I, I have a pistol that guarantees one, so I can knock out this. Uh, the grunt. And then I yeah. can try and hit the other one with my nexus attack. Go for it. Okay. Cool. So I am going to boost. No. Boost. I think eight puts me there. Oh, yeah. Were there any reinforcements this round? No. Nope, all done. Well, we, yeah, we really just have to kill one of these mechs. It's my speed is four. I don't know. That bombard might have uh, a special ability. Uh, immediately clawed for 20 spaces. Um, all right. So I am going to roll. 1d20 plus 1d6 because I have accuracy with all post-quarter ballistic weapons. Oh, that's a natural 20. Nice. Let's do a crit! Oh, crap. Where the, where's the crit rolls? We got to do crit. I think double damage. You rolled twice as many. Yeah. Yeah! Unless you have the damage. <laughs> we should go through it, but I mean, so it's a it's a, it's a drone, so he just yeah, it's a crit. You only do one damage. That's the one you crit on. Yeah. Overkill. That grunt is super dead. So how do how so so how do the crit world work? You double the damage dice. Just well, actually, and you pick the two highest results. So, on a critical hit, all damage dice are rolled twice, including bonus damage, and bonus damage, and the highest result from each source of damage is used. For example, if a player got a critical hit on attack that would normally deal 2d6 damage, they would instead roll 4d6 and pick the two highest results. So there we go. Thank you, Ash. Oh, okay. So in this instance, I do five damage. Yes, like the same way everything else, like you're doing multiple dice, you keep the highest or keep the lowest. Yeah, okay. All right, well, uh, cool, exploded. And then, so since this one is, I can still skirmish using both of the options on the mount, right? Yes. Okay, so then I'm going to use my Nexus Light attack and... Oh, I think. Nope. Ooh, and that was against this assault grunt, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah, his evade is eight. That's okay. Eight, so. All right. So that is the end of El Diablo's turn, right? So. Uh, let's see here. We'll have this pyro, the pyro up here. He's going to move two, but then he's going to boost. So he gets within that zone. Um, and he points, he points his, his flamethrower out. And uh, the flamethrower has a range of five. So it goes outward five, which I don't think hits Chris still. Let's see here. Oh, it does. Chris is out of range of five, so he flames out both uh, both um, Python's mech, uh, Python and and Hailstorm. 
Uh, and that is gonna be attack against both of you gets plus one. Plus one. So this is gonna be for Python. Nice. And that and that no. is that it. it's okay, that's three oh, damage. Oh wait. That's bad. Uh and then Chris uh Hailstorm skates out of that, right? He doesn't get hit. Yeah, yeah, we're at the edge of it, so I was kinda of lean lean away from it. Perfect. Uh he does heat himself up four, uh, but that is what he does on that turn. So Justin, El Diablo. Do Does anybody know what they would like to do? I'm going to invade the pyro and try to push him back two spaces out of the deployment zone. Do it. That's a strong move, Ash, or Python. All right. That's a 10 against his E defense. The pyro's E defense is only eight. Great. So I'm going to invade. Yeah. So he is going to take two heat. And I'm going to do the balance control knockout to push him two spaces backwards and knock him prone. And then... Should I keep hitting the pyro, or should I try to help backfire with this other guy? Well, he's he's not going to be able to get in because this is so this is the end of right. Right, and he's going to be going to be next turn. So it's going to be a next turn. So has has this robot still gone, or is this no? He's not. I don't think he's moved yet. No, yes. So you move and concentrate your fire over here. I don't know if you have to move like over here or yeah like, wherever you gotta go maybe up here to get a good line of sight on him how far can you move one two three four yeah but i think with my um i'm gonna be using one of my nexus weapons i don't think i have to have line of sight because it's smart 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 just means it attacks its e-defense but it's oh that's speaking yes so you're thinking of speaking Okay. I mean, that should work, though. So, that's three movement. Um, yeah, you're good. And then I'll use my quick action to skirmish with my Nexus Hunter Killer. Fifteen against his E defense. Oh yeah, that's an eight for his E defense. So okay, that's gonna be one point of kinetic damage. Is he has one armor? Is is that it? It's just the one kinetic. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I will. 
go ahead and overcharge, incurring one heat. And I will be able to take another quick action as a free action. And I'm going to go ahead and invade again. Okay. Nice. Get him. Knock him prone. Slam him up again. Four. But I tried. Yep. It's my turn. You're good. Titan, by pushing the pyro back and immobilizing him, we've succeeded. I don't, yeah. barring uh, horror shenanigans uh, or like Smith Shimano Corp like invisibility, there won't be enough people getting into the deployment zone to force us to lose. A tactical nuke has gone off. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody got a 25 kill streak or anything that we need to worry about. Three. So if he goes past me, if this one goes past me at all, going this way, I get a attack of opportunity be on him. Funny enough, I was just about to to do that, Justin. So yeah, so the assault mech he so after Python ends her turn, the assault mech is gonna push. He does move uh four. Whoops, that should okay. be uh I get and yes. And then he will try to boost. And before he boosts, I, he's initiating movement. So you do Overwatch? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna do Overwatch. Whoa, well, that's awesome. I created again, but it doesn't matter. The grunt. Let's but go. I've, yeah, I've it's a grunt. With the shotgun, it just kind of like gets slammed up against that one. He tries to like run for it, and I just like blast him out of the air. He's stepping over the, the dead remains of his teammate, the scrap metal, and you just blast him. <laughs> so, anyways, you start blasting. Anyway, I go ahead and start blasting. <laughs> Oh, that was epic. Okay, and then Python, who are you nominating to go next? Uh, who wants to go next? I get real quick because I'm not doing anything. I'm just gonna stabilize and reload all my stuff. And who wants to go after that? I think the bad guys have to go. Yes. Uh, which it's gonna be this assault right here. Uh, I think he'll still try. <laughs> he's gonna start, he's gonna initiate movement, Dalton. Wow. I hope he <laughs> likes getting hit by, getting missed by a shotgun. Does a 10 hit? Does a 10 hit? I think, yeah, it's an assault. He has a Vade as eight. Great. In which case, he's gonna possibly take some damage then. 1d6. We'll see what his armor does. Four. Not bad. Four damage. Yeah, that brings him down to four health, and then he'll one, two. Yeah, just kind of moving right there. So. Uh, and then that's his turn. Well, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. He's going to skirmish. He's going to try to stab you with a knife again. <laughs> How dare he? I know. Uh, 20. So you take four kinetic damage as he stabs your mech again. Uh, okay. One, two, three, four. And that's his turn. So who is nominating next? Um, I think it's just me left. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, similar similar stuff as last time. Uh, this time ni knives first, since they're more likely to hit. Uh, seven will miss. Ten will hit, right? Yes. Uh, slash armor three. Plus one. Uh, two energy damage. All right. Minus Are the knives not armor piercing? Um, the mine. Oh wait. Uh, sorry. I do have to do something. <gasps> um. So when rolling, so my I use segment knives, not like the other knives. Uh huh. I'm rolling for damage with this weapon. Any damage that lands on a one cause the attacker to take one heat and are then re-rolled. Additional ones continue to trigger the effect. So I have to re-roll that one. Okay. Overkill is a cool ability. It is until it causes me to overheat, which it does not. <laughs> I I am teetering on the on the precipice of exploding, but it's three, sorry, three energy damage from... In, in total? Uh, yes. I, I missed when okay. one knife hit the other knife. Got it. The, and that that knife does three damage. Yes, okay. Cool. Three energy damage. Cool. Um. So minus one from the armor, so he has two health left. Okay. And that shotgun with an inaccuracy. Uh, is it sixteen? Yeah. Yeah, that works. Uh, for see here, one d six. I think it's just. Yes. Uh, two kinetic damage. Oh. He has one HP left because he has that one armor. And so that minus one. So he has one HP. <laughs> Unfortunate. I was close. Yeah. It was so close. Uh, and so that's all players that are currently active that have gone, right? So. Yeah, I think we have to get bombarded. Nice. Uh, Thing to take him out. Uh, What's the range of the turret? Yeah, the turret's in range. The, the, the ten. Yeah, the turret's in range. Yeah, I showed you guys. If you want me to, you want me to use it. Let me know. Yeah, yeah. Damage. Yeah. Three. Turret. Three kinetic damage. Clears him out. <laughs> Takes out that assault mech. Oh. And so. Yeah. Uh. Then yeah. Bombard's gonna do. To go, it's just the Bombard that's left. He'll do his blast range and hit both. Um, no, he'll he'll probably attack Python and Hailstorm. So he's gonna make attacks against you. Thank God, I am like. Oh, I'm much left in me. Uh, so I don't think either of those hit you guys. Six or fives. So, <laughs> all right, that last blast is is pretty weak because they're pulling out. They're they're retreating, and we are at the end of the sixth round. So that means, uh, well, you have four points. There are no enemies in that objective zone, so there is no negative score, no minusing. So you successfully hold your own and any remaining hostiles are forced to retreat. So you guys are like laying down the covering fire. You're destroying mechs around you and they they start retreating. That bombard gets out of there. Uh, this pyro runs away. You probably shoot some like pop shots at it as it's like taking off and stuff like that. Um, yeah. 
uh, as as the the battle starts to kind of die down and relax, you find among the wreckage. Uh, well, let's see here. Um, you find an intact target designator that one of the enemy mechs was carrying. Um, this designator can be patched into one of your mechs and used to signal for an artillery strike using the enemy's own guns. Uh, they'll only work once before they figure out that their own weapons have been turned against them. This is uh, basically a bombardment reserve that you now have and can take it. So, That's awesome. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll snip that real quick so you guys can have that, but just know that you do have an artillery strike now as a reserve, which is basically just what, yeah. Uh, on page 52 is the bombardment reserve in the Corporal book, if you want to read more in depth about that. But yeah, so you successfully kind of hold that off. We uh, are going to be entering into our first kind of narrative beat. We don't have time to play it out fully, but you do have time now at the end of this battle to, you get a rest. You don't get like a full rest, but you get a short rest or uh, a rest in general. Um, let me go ahead and find the page where resting is specifically at, but you guys can go ahead and do that now. So. Um, Pretty much clear heat, clear damage. Cause it's, it's uh, cause there's regular like light repair and then full repair or whatever. So. It's a light repair then. It's not yeah, full, yeah. but yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, full repair would be where you get all your like repair capacity and structure and stress back. I think in this case we can really just spend uh Oh, I think you can actually spend repair to repair structure at a like one to one since you're all in GMS mix. Mm -hmm. So you can get your structure back. But your repair capacity doesn't replenish. Yes. Sorry, I'm trying to find the exact page where all the repair mechanics are at. But yes, you should have a repair cap that you kind of use to kind of like patch up your, your mech and stuff. And you kind of see like you guys have kind of like a moment to kind of do that specifically. OK, repair and rest. Page 82. Uh, so a mech repair cap is determined by the frame. So that's for most of you, it's the Everest. So it should be pretty much the same. Uh, I'm not sure what the Everest has as its base five five okay uh it da, 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 da. you also get a bonus from your hull if you have that but basically mechs can be repaired in combat with stabilized so that's using the the repairs that you have to regain all hp at the cost of run repair um and then outside of combat they can be uh, let's see repaired when their pilot rests yeah so outside of combat you can use this uh to either clear all heat you use, yes, when you rest, it's just downtime, uninterrupted, uninterrupted downtime by light activity. You can either, after resting, characters may clear all heat, clear any statuses and conditions affecting their mech, restore half of their pilot's HP or clear down and out. You may also spend repairs, so this is what you actually spend the repairs on. One repair to restore full HP or repair a destroyed weapon or system. Two, to restore one structure or stress. Or four, to repair a damaged mech. So, nine. You can, uh, uh, Mothman can fully repair his damaged mech. Gang, gang, go. Destroyed mech, so, yeah. But yeah, that's page 82. If you kind of want to take a look, uh, see what you do. You can't, you don't have a full repair yet, but you guys are 
the battlefield has kind of cleared. You're kind of resting at the site of your crash. Enemy fire is going off into the distance. Um, you know your main mission was to go and meet up at Forward Operating Base Saber, and you know where the direction is. Yeah, what does what does Rio say? Like Mothman phones into Rio. We give yeah. her an update and say like, hey, is it still, that's still the plan is, is to go to this base? I, I like to imagine that Mothman's busy fixing up his mech right now. So so Backfire goes up and is like, hey, can you radio to Rio? And he just tosses you. Yeah, if, you're not gonna, if he's not gonna do his job, he's the one who wanted the things. So I'm a little occupied at the moment. Yeah, Thank well, you. you're the one who fought me over the the Omni hook. You wanted it so bad. I can't. I can't deal with this right now. Can I change any of my weapons right now? Uh, no. You have what you brought into battle. That's going to be okay. when you have downtime. Um, I think you can you can change your engineering like experimental weapon during a rest. I don't know if it requires a full rest though. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, let me take a look what it says about my... And while you're looking that up, Dalton, what exactly did you say to Rio again? You were just asking her the, the, co the combat situation. Yeah, during like, the what should we do? yeah, I just want to ask, like, hey, that's still the plan for us, right? Like, you still want us to make it to this to this base? Uh, affirmative, Backfire. It it seems that a lot of our landing parties have had a lot of trouble getting getting the uh, the dropships down. So if you see any kind of artillery or anything that's taking down our our units that are heading towards forward operating base Saber, please take them down. Just pile on the the stuff we got to do. Why don't you? And then she gives you like an accurate readout of which direction to kind of go, like mm -hmm. what you're facing this way. So head head like northeast two clicks or something. So okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I do that. Cool, great. Well, yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. It's nine fifty on our time. We're gonna end the stream probably at ten fifteen. So if we want, we can kind of open this up to just kind of give like a debrief if you guys had any questions about how combat worked, how things were flowing. Um, when we kind of pick up next week, I'll go into kind of more of that narrative beat and possibly um, any more conflict that might happen. Uh, but uh, yeah, do you guys, uh, there was a lot of questions that I had definitely on like line of sight and, and making sure I was doing that okay and everything, but yeah. So I have a question about skill currently. Yeah. How, how do they work? Like your your yeah. Uh, so like it's, so I have assault. Could I have been adding plus two to all of my rolls in combat? No. So good question. Skill triggers are specifically only for your pilot outside of combat. So there's kind of like two systems in one with Lancer you can kind of think of. Everything that we are just doing for the mech combat, those are the mech mm. combat rules. And then there's everything else which uses more of like the like the narrative light role-playing aspect. And the pilot triggers are part of the light role-playing. So essentially, most skill checks outside of combat is you just have to beat the 10. There are other conditions I can kind of impose to kind of do that, but basically, Justin, if your character 
um, during broader downtime, not necessarily right now when you guys are resting and repairing, but during downtime, if your character went to go get a drink at like a bar and then got into a fight and then we were resolving that with a skill check, then you could make a argument to use the the assault like you're you're like assaulting a character to get that plus two to like help you win the fight if that makes uh, sense. yep yes but good question yeah spencer so to kind of answer your question about like line of that initial like melee line of sight thing yes yeah so here here's kind of like where i where i'm gonna land on that okay uh, to attack and i rest reference this before with the bombard but to attack or take an action against a target, by default, the target must be within range, sensors, or threat, and within the attacker's line of sight unless otherwise specified. So in this case, uh, I think it was Nai who was behind the wall. Yes. He was within range, so that checks the box for the first criteria, but we have to determine if he was within line of sight or not. Um, Characters can only attack or take action against targets that they can see at least partially. If it's not possible to trace a line to some part of a target, perhaps because it's completely blocked by cover or terrain, then they can't be attacked. A line of sight doesn't imply visibility alone, but also a clear path for your attack, line of effect. Even if you can somehow see an area that's behind a solid wall, you can't attack targets within. Based off of that, I would say you cannot attack with a melee weapon through the wall. That makes sense. So cover in the sense of melee attacks ignore cover would be referring to like a smoke screen, probably. Probably or, something like that, yeah. Yeah. Or if like you if like um somebody was like maybe the hive, for example, that electro nanite cloud, or sorry, the razor swarms, it gives its allies um soft cover as long as they're in it so like melee attacks would ignore that razor swarm soft cover when attacking right. yeah something like that mm-hmm cool perfect that makes sense i mean yeah <laughs> especially with all of that yeah i don't think i had any other like major questions or anything not me either actually it's all pretty like self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah I get a lot, a lot of like moving parts and a lot of moving systems, but like you kind of have to talk them through, and we kind of just did that. Yeah. Everybody go right. for repairs. Oh yeah, go ahead. I used four. It's an opinion. I used four of my five repairs to not to have a somewhat usable mech. I have one repair left. Do I gain a structure so I have two of four, or do I bring my howitzer back? Uh, my instinct part. would be this structure. Like, we just now crash-landed onto this planet. We have no context of, like, how long we're going to be here. Cool. I went with structure. I'm out of repairs. That's not good for you. No, it is not. But it's destroyed. I figured out. If a mech gets destroyed, I am allowed to use other people's repairs if they're willing to share them. For as long as there is a total of four, you can yeah. repair the mech. Okay. Good to know. Ashley, you were asking what down and out meant? Yes. I can find that. It's like a, a condition on your pilot. Yeah. Yeah, it says you can clear it with rusting. I just 
didn't know what it was. That's like if you know how in uh, so it's page 49. Um, you know how in D&D, like it's like you fall unconscious. It's kind of like that. Um, it, it's like if your pilots reduce the zero HP, you roll a D6 and just like structure and stuff like that, like different effects can happen. Um, like if you roll one on that D6, you just die immediately. But like <laughs> on a six, you you shrug it off and return to one HP. So like those are as a pilot, it's kind of like your dying kind of mechanic, just like death saving rolls in D&D type deal. So. The other question I have is uh, uh, under repairing for for resting, like yeah, that happens just with resting. You restore half of your pilot's HP. Mm-hmm. I am, if I had seven H, is that like the HP that's on my character sheet? That is the HP of your pilot, not the HP of yeah. Mecca. Yeah. Okay. Where is that, and why have I not? I don't even know what that is for my pilot. Uh, th- there's on CompCon. I think it's like the dossier. You can look. Mm-hmm. But when? that is not relevant until you. Would my are, pilot be taking damage? When you your pilot is not in the mech. Yes. Okay. Your pilot's not in the mech. Sounds good. Yeah. It's unlikely to come up in normal mech combat. Is, is the short answer to it. Yeah, which is why, like, it, it gets tracked, but uh, not during, like, mech combat. If you do, like, the end encounter or whatever in the bottom left, you'll take back to your pilot page, and then top right, your HP's there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does anybody want some stems while, while we're chilling? I took three of them as part of my equipment. If anybody wants to stay awake for 30 hours, I've got three of us covered. I mean, if you're offering free stems, I guess I'm taking free stems. <laughs> if we need it, I've got it. Oh, I can also keep a pilot calm and emotionally stable. I do that to Mothman when he throws the Omni hook at me. <laughs> How does this play out? How no, you- I don't, I'm not going to drug Mothman in his back gonna say you just run up and just jet like, yeah, like epi pen is back he throws a wrench at me and is like no <laughs> how yeah how hard on you how hard on us were you with like the encounter did that like play out how the book described it did you have to go easy on us harder on us what do you think i i played it as as i got him uh there is in how how combat works for this is that it has enemy forces and reinforcements and they specifically like lay it out for if you have three pcs use this many people if you have five pcs use this many people and so because we have five pcs i used everything that it put on on here with all of the optional systems and stuff like that so you you got the full dose of what the campaign had so for this first combat it definitely felt like it like we it it felt well balanced in that I was worried about failure the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I was, I definitely, there was definitely like, I felt like the direness of the situation. Like we crash landed in a hostile area and like it was close to losing at any given moment. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like if we like failed the objective, what is that just game over? Yeah, that is- 
in, in the okay. campaign. It's really cool. They have PC PC um, victory, PC defeat. So uh, if you fail, if you failed that, you are forced to abandon your position under constant artillery fire. Each player must roll a D6. On one to three, they're hit by enemy fire while retreating and must either take one structure damage or destroy all weapons on one mount of their choice. On four plus, they make it out unscathed. So basically, taking more damage. You, okay. you get out of there, but yeah. Yeah. So if we if we failed, we had to like make a hasty retreat, took some extra damage, but because we succeeded, we found uh, reserve. Yeah, we found some amount of reserves. Bombardment reserve on page fifty-two, which I can I can. And that's just kind of like a bunch of damage, I'm assuming. One time. Yeah, the ability uh, range 30 within line of sight, blast two, 3d6 explosive damage. It's a lot of damage. Yeah, it's like you you found one of their art orbital drop like artillery strike like targeters, and so you just have that now, and you can just point it and, and use their artillery once. So reserves are this cool thing that you kind of get, especially during downtime. Uh, that will definitely come more into play in downtime, but reserves are these things you kind of take into battle, and you know going into combat, okay, I can use this one time at any point. So mm -hmm. it, it's really cool how they interplay role-playing into getting those reserves um, and how that kind of shakes out. Because even if you're doing something social, maybe that still gets you a reserve for the next battle, which is cool. So, but uh, yeah. I'm sad. I. Justin, I also took that projector shield, and I totally forgot about it that entire time. Oh man, it's pretty good. Yeah, I I totally misread that it was a free action to activate. I thought it was a quick action, and so I just wasn't doing it. Um, I probably should have should have been way less close to death each each of those times. Yeah, I think it's plus two difficulty. Yeah, yeah. it adds two difficulty any attacks made against you by a particular person that you nominate. Yeah. So if I'm trying to 1v1 person, it, a person, it, it would have made it like nigh impossible for them to hurt me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bro, That's why you gotta like... trash talk me like that? <laughs> Different word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that was a good one, Spencer. Thank you. How are you guys looking after getting this chance to kind of use your repairs and stuff like bad. that? I know. Very bad. Oh. Yeah. Basically unscathed. I used one repair. I got all my health back. Nice. Yeah, I, I used one repair to get one to get the structure back that I lost, and I used another repair to heal up all my mechs HP. Like the, yeah. the biggest thing that I'm missing is two of my three frag grenades. Yeah, I'm down one prototype charge. Yeah. Because that was the, the biggest thing that I was definitely noticing. A lot of you guys were taking structure damage, and, you know, obviously there might be more combat in the future before you get to the uh, FOB Saber. So that's why I was checking in with you guys to see, okay, how does, how is, how is your repairs, even though you guys got roughed up pretty hard? I so. mean, Backfire and El Diablo are fine. I don't, yeah, I don't think that Hailstorm, Python, and Mothman can say the same. I feel didn't at least one of you guys lose a system or something? I did. Yeah, Mothman, you lost your howitzer. 
Yeah. <laughs> I lost my Ava module, but I wasn't using it, so it's okay. Yeah, but yeah. you would just discard your mother like that. <laughs> so I ended right. up using two repairs, one for regaining my HP and one to repair my structure. Restore my structure. What about Hailstorm? Did you end up all right at the end? Chris, is your mech doing okay, Chris? Yeah, I, I repaired up during the fight, so I'm down to repair capacity, but otherwise, fine. Cool. Nice. Well, it's good to know. It's it, it's nice to know that even if a battle can be tough, like you have enough repairs to be able, like you're 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 smart, intelligent mech build, like pilots that can fix up your your mechs and still keep going. So. Because you can use those repairs during combat too, by taking when you stabilize, right? You can use that to like heal up. So yeah, to heal your HP. I don't think you can recover structure in the middle of combat mm -hmm. with a stabilize. Um, but yeah, there are ways to use it in combat. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love Spencer. Did you want to? Yeah, unless Spencer wanted to tee off the next thing. Yeah, I'll tee off the next thing, and then we can do our attributions just as, as we sign out. So, <laughs> Nova Elysia, where you guys are currently at, is a modern city on par with any core world metropolis. Tall, gleaming buildings rise over precisely ordered streets and thoroughfares, all built in a grandiose, somewhat outsized, uh, outsized, architectural style that hints at the planet's seccom history. Under better circumstances, the city might be beautiful, but right now it's a grimy, it's a grimy, hazy dust and smoke hangs in the air. Uh, empty cars line the roads, signs of a hasty evacuation, and civil defense warnings urge people to take shelter. It's on loop endlessly. These are the things that are kind of going on as you guys are making repairs to your mechs. Maybe you, uh, even though you uh, fought off the current enemy wave, maybe you're currently taking shelter in one of the destroyed buildings or, or just taking shelter right now, and you're quickly patching up your mechs and doing that. You know that Ford Operating Base Sabre lies uh, a little bit away and artillery fire is going off in the city up at each dropship that comes down and that's where we're going to pick up next time so you guys kind of moving closer to your objective to the forward operating base so great well, yeah cool well uh quick thanks to everyone at massive press for writing lancer uh john arena and the rest of the team that made uh CompCon. uh thanks to roll 20 for the virtual tabletop Thing we're using uh, to retrograde minis for like some of the mech art that you saw, Hero Forge for some of the character art that we saw, uh, NASA for the space image in the background that you're seeing, and uh, DS Technician by Desolate World for uh, our little like background music that you can hear if everybody would be quiet for 30 seconds, but I don't think we ever would work. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out. Uh, for another stream uh, same time next week and if you want to watch any like backlog 
or any other like highlights videos of our stuff, check out our YouTube channel. Uh, or, or listen to it on Spotify. On Spotify now. Yep. Um, slowly uploading all the stuff that we've done to Spotify. Um, I think this week, uh, Avatar Legends, Cyberpunk Red, and Werewolf are all getting uploaded to Spotify. I think mm -hmm. over the course of this week. So um, cool. That's perfect. Yeah. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We're going to be back next time at 7.15 Eastern on next Sunday. So looking forward to it, picking up the uh, the campaign Solstice Rain that we're doing again. So until next time, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, keep on learning. We'll see you guys then. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.